I don't know, something something got on something. Something came on something. Not a good start. No. Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Veronica. And welcome to the Chick Lit Book Club Podcast. Where we read a romance novel and then we talk about it. Today we're talking about Twisted by Emily McIntyre. Twisted. Twisted. I know that there's some probably like 90s song called Twisted. Probably. There's also Twisted Sister. That, yes. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, we're not going to take it. Mm-mm. No, we no, we are not going to take it. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Is it um, we ain't going to take it or we're not going to take it? We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking to see. Oh, there's Twisted by Joni Mitchell. Oh, Keith Sweat. Quit, k- twisted. All right. Hmm. See you, Keith Sweat. All right, Keith Sweat. Mm-hmm. I see um, you. Like it. Um, I love it. I want some more of it. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. There's something wrong um, with us. Like, why do we always do that? Do what? Finish song lyrics. I think it's something ingrained in us as singers. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Because all of my singer friends do this. Do they? Okay. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. No, we I all mean, have it's... the same kind of crazy, I guess. Yeah, it's a mental illness. And I think we yeah. probably <laughs> should get some sort of medication for it. But you know what? Fuck it. You know what? I think the medication is... Um, I think it's the antidepressants that pretty much all of us are already on. So, probably, probably. There's that. I mean, it's probably why I listened to the old apartment about forty times this past week. I was on a bare naked lady, um, a binge, a B B B B and L B, a B and L B, and walking the dogs. Just welcome to the old apartment. Only two stamps from the street. Um, I've really been on a Noah Kahan Kahan kick lately. Amazing. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I'll have to look oh, him really? up. Oh, uh, really? Look him Come up. Come on. Really? I just brought up the bare naked ladies. Do you think I know anybody new? Nope. I know well, Harry Styles. Well, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know, kind of a little folksy. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like it. No, it's got to be out for about a year for me to catch it. Okay, it's been out for like a few months, so you're getting there. I'm getting there. I mean, there was one song that I knew before you did, and I was like, what is happening? Why do I know this before you? Oh, my God. Was that Cuff It? No, it wasn't Cuff It. No, there's something else. Somebody I, I knew Cuff It before somebody else, though. I was like, oh, that's Cuff It. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me go. Let me fingering the pulse. <laughs> it's a shout out to Jordan oh, Coupler. <laughs> Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm texting you his name so that you can look him up later. Okay. I will look him up. You, um, you really should. Um, and then maybe cry because, you know. Wow. That's. That, those are, you should look this person up and then sob uncontrollably. It's <laughs> what I did during the movie we watched last night. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, I was like going to say, should we recommend it? And then be like, but also be ready for the last 30 minutes that you will cry quite a bit. It was the rock world that got me. Oh. When they were just rocks. That's what got me. Yes, that one got me. That started it. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, His line about laundry and taxes got me. Laundry and taxes. Um, 
when she was when Jobu was just like, you know, there's nothing here. There's no hope. And that's when I was yeah. just like, yeah. So we watched everything everywhere all, all at, at once. once last night and it wrecked all of us. Though I have to say it was sad, but it's a good sad. Like it's like you'll there. There's tears of ha- there are tears of like. They're tears of happiness because it is like there's hope. And I think mm-hmm. that's the whole point of the story is hope. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Because it's a nihilist view of the world. Um, but the absurdist wins in the long run because mm-hmm. they do have hope. So you cannot give a shit because you don't know what's happening after we leave this planet. But you have hope. Um, also, some... Moments that made me laugh real hard. Holy shit. That was the other reason I was crying, because fucking hot dog fingers. Hot dog fingers. Raccoonie. Oh, yeah. I brought up Raccoonie today. Oh, when, my God. Uh, I thought Mr. about Veronica. it a number of times today. It's fucking funny. That fucking stupid animatronic raccoon at some point. I just... Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, why did it not make me think of, like, um, uh, what's his nuts, his voice coming out of it? Um... Bradley Cooper's voice coming oh, out of it. Oh, yeah, from, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, tell me something good. <laughs> um, well, two things, actually. Um, one of them did not happen to me, and that's totally fine, because I am just huh? really excited for this person. So, remember on the last episode, I said that one of our mutual acquaintances was nominated for a Grammy? Yes. He fucking won it. Yes. He fucking won a Grammy. I mean, technically he was nominated for two Grammys, but they were in the same category. And he won one of them. And so nice. I'm just super proud of him. That's awesome. Um, very excited. And uh, the second thing did happen to me, and that was that I got to um, see a bunch of my coworkers in real life. And Aww, it was IRL. really lovely. Yeah, IRL. ASL, IRL. Mm-hmm. A couple of them. Um, I mean, I like all of them, but like a couple of them are really good friends of mine so i was yeah. able to to hang out with them and i learned about something called candle pin bowling do you know what this is oh, i've heard that yeah 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 basically the bowling pins look like pillar candles like they're straight yeah. up and down there's no like bow to them at all yeah yeah and don't they have point system to them too or no um no not okay. that i saw but also the bowling balls themselves are about the size of a big grapefruit and that's it oh so it's kind of like like backyard bowling. <laughs> it's harder. Yeah, I can imagine. It's harder. I did not do well, you guys. <laughs> so is it like at some point the bowling alley's like, now I'm gonna do candle light bowling? Um it's apparently a New England thing. Oh. This is just like a thing that is normal in so New England that they do, do they candle come up, pin do bowling. They pick them up like they do like regular bowling pins? Um they uh do they, or do do they that? have some no, poor person they... that's gotta be in the back doing it? So they do have a thing that goes and, like, picks them up and resets them, but yeah. not necessarily in between every roll. So oh. you can, like, use, quote, the dead wood to, um, yep, <laughs> to your advantage, yep. essentially. And you get three rolls, not two. Instead of two. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, the third one did not necessarily help me, but, you know. At least you didn't have bumpers in the gutters. Apparently you can put them in there, and maybe I should have, is all I'm saying. The last time I went bowling, someone showed up. They were like, you used to play in a league when you were in, like, elementary school. What happened? I'm like, yeah, a lot lot of things happened since elementary school. It's called Catholic college. Life. Life happened, okay? 
We don't need to ask questions. No, my, my cousin was trying to gently remind me of something ha- that happened when I was 10. Nope. And I said, sweetheart, I went to Catholic college and grad school and I drank a lot. So I drank a lot of those memories away. Sorry, do not have any access to those. We don't need to attempt dig them out either. So let's just leave it. Okay. No, no, they're just fine where they were at. I remember bits and pieces of that vacation. We're good. That's enough. Thank you very much. Please get out of my face. Yes. Yes. She was doing it in a loving way, but still, I was like, yep, don't remember any of that. Nope. Yep, no. Mm -mm. No, I I appreciate what what you're trying. I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but let's let's just not. Can we? No. Let's just not. But I'm excited for you. That's fun. Thanks. I had a really good time. I, I did enjoy it very much. And I got to go to the ocean. And I very much love... I, I, told, I was telling my coworkers, like, I really love standing next to large things that make me feel insignificant. Yeah. And they look, someone looked at me and goes, dude, HR is like right there. It's like, not, <laughs> not what I mean. I mean, like, it's good for my anxiety to like stand next to something that is bigger than me. That yeah. is that was here before I got here. That is going to be here long after I'm gone. That yeah. just it's just a bigger thing than me, and it makes me feel like the shit in my life is trivial in a good way. You know, it is the big bagel. It is the big fucking bagel, the everything mm-hmm. bagel, if you will. Yep, yep. Where it's like, wow, this will continue. Yeah, like you said, yep. it is like whatever whatever my little blip on this planet mm-hmm. is meaningless. In the grand scheme of things. And that's yep. okay. And it's, you know, it it helps me just like, it helps me just realize that a lot of the things, now I'm not saying that like everything in my life is not like worth worrying about. I'm just saying that to for me, that kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. It just helps yeah. me feel less important in a way that is good for my anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. But yeah. Um, Ray? Yeah. Tell me something good. Well, so we're going on the third week of not drinking. So this is really interesting. It's good. It's good. Because I'm actually having to do things that normally I would have a drink at and then enjoy. And then I go, okay, am I still going to be fun at things because I'm not drinking? And come to find out, I still am fun at things. Surprisingly, I know. And I, I was really fucking surprised um but <laughs> so i went to a haunted house on friday shout oh. out to akron haunted schoolhouse and laboratory oh laboratory yes. mm-hmm. 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 yep and um uh, ween and i went and we uh had a blast i let her drink and i did not i did drop a delta nine <laughs> before going into the house <laughs> Which started to hit about ah, halfway through, uh, but it wasn't like overwhelming. Like it didn't like mess with me or anything. Like because you know I only took one and a half, so it wasn't like I was like fucking wasted or anything on that. Um, but I realized that I'm still the I because I was the one who led the group, <laughs> and I realized that that shit. The only shit that really bothers me in a haunted house is complete darkness. And oh, I can't yeah. see where I'm going. Because you can, yeah, yeah. That's the only time that I was like, I actually grabbed Wayne's hand. I said, okay, this is where I'm going to need 
<laughs> I need a support just because if I'm right. leading this group, I said, this makes me nervous just because yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to touch somebody or if I'm going to mm-hmm. touch a wall or if I'm going to go the wrong way. And so, cause you have to lead with the wall. You got to touch the wall. As you're oh, going that would freak me out. No, thank you. But I'm that person that's like, so not fun now because to go in these places, cause I can see it ahead of time. I'm like, there's somebody there. There's going to be somebody there. There's going to be somebody there. So, like, and of course, the people are coming up to me, and I've already seen that I'm not scared. I'm just, and this is my response to literally everybody. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's going hey, on? Hey, hey. And hey, then from like, yeah, and there was, like, they had some sweet-ass music playing through the whole thing. Like, a lot of, like, 80s and 90s R&B. Love that. Awesome. And so we were all dancing, and through the whole thing, I had a lot of people say, talk about my pussy which bothered me a little bit i was like okay mm. yeah i was like i don't know how i feel about this but like it people was fine. in the haunted house yeah like actors actors That's not yeah. yeah no no like not like just calling cat calling me girls which okay fine cool um <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know how i'm gonna respond to that cool not the 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 um, scary thing that you said. Think it's going to be. I'm just kind of confused. Yeah, I'm I'm more confused as to why you're going that route. Right, right. Yeah. One girl just screamed, "I like pussy," and I just said, "We all do," and we kept walking. <laughs> yep. At one point, Blue Abadi Abada came on. And Ween goes, I've got this album at home. And I just yell, I'm sorry, really loud. <laughs> and then we heard some of the actors laugh. That yeah. sounds like fun. It it was super, like, and we, there was a, a couple we met. So the other good, uh, the other fun thing was we ended up meeting uh, a really fun couple who are huge Star Wars nerds. Love that. Um, I'm going to talk about um, John, who's the husband. His podcasts in when are what are we listening to? Oh, fun! Um, but we because we had uh, fast passes, so we could get in before every all the big lines came in. And so we ended up sitting. We ended up getting in line in front of them, and they were just the nicest. And we ended up spending three hours literally sitting them with them talking afterwards, and they were just a blast. So it was nice. You get to meet people and make connections because you know, yeah, they've got kind of, they've got uh, they got podcasts and you know, one's about Star Wars. So you could, how couldn't I love that? You know? Yeah, I am. I love that for you. That's a great <laughs> night. It was. It was. And before I came down here to record tonight, I was watching. Have never seen the animated series which i'm going to recommend to you and mr veronica is harley quinn on hbo plus or hbo max it's even though i can't stand her kelly cuoco does the voice of harley quinn and she's amazing actually oh fascinating yeah it's like 20 minute episodes okay interesting like batman the animated series-esque sort of animation interesting yeah it's very very funny it's hysterical yeah um, I still like, have not seen Birds of Prey, but I really want to. This is more, it's like, I can't explain it. Like, at some point, like, there's a lot of sex jokes there. I mean, they say fuck all over the place in it. And um, Alan Tudyk plays the Joker, but he also plays, like, a whole bunch of different uh, uh, parts. Um, 
from what I understand, it's at second season, Harley gets with Poison Ivy. They start having sex. Nice. Yeah, right? So, um, yeah, I recommend. But All right. Yeah, that, was, that was like, it was an enjoyable evening for me. I'm excited. I will tell Mr. Veronica. Yeah, I totally think you both enjoy it. All right. It's very funny. Looking forward to it. So, oh, okay. So, on another thing, I, I have to share this with everybody because I got something this week and I took pictures of it, but I wanted to show. So I took pictures of it and I sent it to my dear friend. And I said, I got this in the mail this today, and these are the things that came with it. You sure did. Yep. So I'm going to show you the entire bag of goodies that came with it. Oh, mm. I cannot wait. So I don't have the... Something, something smells funky. Something. It I don't smells know. funky? It smells like that. food. Okay. I don't know. Something, something got on something. <laughs> something came on something. Not a good so, start. <laughs> no, no. There was a card there that I could go into Adam and Eve, because it is from Adam and Eve. Uh, there's 11 gifts. Three of them are video on demands. Yeah, oh, so okay. watching those. This is a cock oh. ring. Wow. So, so it's, like, pliable. Yeah. So okay. you could actually get one of those, like, um, peach rings and use those instead. Wow. You could. I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Yep. Cause, Alrighty. Um, this, which I will never use, because um, they give these in every free thing. That I think they're just trying to get rid of them. They're like, we got so many fucking ones. It's called an oval bullet. It does nothing, and you have to put batteries in it. Okay. Okay. Deep throat gel. Oh, my God. Mind you guys, I kind of, like... A personal, you know, it wasn't a vibrator, but I mean, like, I got something like that. Why are you giving me things to deep throat someone with? Like, kind of think about, okay, you know, I, mean, I guess people use it on other people. That's fine. Um, this one is um, Ultimate Intimate Earth Love Naturally Clove-Infused Water-Based Anal Relaxing Gel, which goes <sighs> along with... The anal bead wand that came in the... It's a flexible. Eh. It's flexible. It's... Yeah. I was not anticipating that. I, I like that it's got a handle to yeah. pull it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> uh, personal water-based lubricant. Slippery and smooth for long-lasting pleasure. Okay. What else is in here? Oh, and here's the other thing. Um, male enhancement gel. Max size male enhancement gel. More volume, intensity, and excitement. And I believe that all goes with the mini flashlight that I got. <laughs> mini flashlight that I am like, literally, if you can hear it, I'm batting it around like a cat. I am dying. I can stick. I stuck my finger in it earlier, and it could. I was. It was like. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Well, I bet you if I get some of that, like throat coat or whatever this shit is. Oh, deep throat gel. I'm sorry. 
That throat coat. Throat coat? <laughs> throat coat. That poor company is so miserable right now. <laughs> so. I wish you could all see this. I, yeah. If you guys want Patreon and really be able to see what's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what will happen is <laughs> we get into Patreons and you can watch me do this stupid fucking shit. Oh, my God. Um, my thing is, not my thing, because this isn't my thing because I don't have a penis, but would be, like, if I were to stick my penis in here, I guess you're hoping that it's, like, fucking, like, s- slippery enough to get it out because otherwise you could have... A problem, you know those like things that you stick both fingers in, like those yeah. those, those those finger traps. That's what's going on here. Like I can't, <gasps> it's not coming out. Oh my no. god! I, I gotta pull the lips apart. <laughs> Do you think French Brutus would just grab that thing? Like it would be way too small for him. I've seen guys use these in person, in porn. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw a guy who actually took one of these and put masking tape on it because obviously it's hard to, well, besides the fact that it is, it is all, like, I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to explain what it looks like. Is it like silicone? Like. It's silicone. Okay. It's squishy. So, because, I mean, if you rammed it too hard, you probably could ram the other end of it out. Like right, you could yeah. You could bottom out pretty easily in the... That would be unsatisfying, I think. This is also the smallest vagina I've ever seen. It truly is. Are we sure that it... Well, I guess it is a flesh. No, it's got lips. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I was just going to say. If there is was a like, butthole, I'd really be worried. Right, right. I'd be like, you need to see a proctologist. Very tiny butthole. Well, that and... I don't know. These... Uh, <laughs> is this like a <laughs> trainer device? <laughs> this is like... These are some like skin tags that I'd be really worried about. Oh, my God. I'd be like, why you need to see a dermatologist have... about that. Yeah, possibly a practologist because you might have anal warts. Oh. Um, yeah, so those That's a were lot the... of free gifts. Yeah, that no one's going to fucking use. Like, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like, they just got a whole bunch of shit. They're like, we yeah. got to fucking move this. We got to get rid of this stuff, right? Yeah. There was that a, do you want all these free gifts? I'm like, nah, nah, don't. Not really. I mean, nah, dog. Nah. Um, I am desperate for Mr. Veronica's take on all of these, truly. Well, maybe during the break, you maybe can call him in and I'll show him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, cannot wait. Uh, okay, so I do have a fun quiz for you. Oh, it is wait. It is um, courtesy of one Eloise James. Oh, loving that. Loving this. Okay. Yeah, she put this up on her own. I saw it on Insta, and I was like, oh, my God, we got to do this. So it is what kind of, I mean, also, they're all going to be her books, but that's completely fine, because I found the next book of hers that I want (laughs) to read, and I want to, I'm going to put in for it for an arc. Even better. Yep. I'm hoping you get the same book. What kind of historical romance should you read next? Oh, okay. So what is your favorite trope? Insta-love, the slow burn, forbidden romance, or marriage of convenience? Marriage of convenience. Mm-hmm. I'm on, like, a fucking kick. Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. Sorry. There's, like, there's gifts, and one of them is just, like, they're... it's it's all, like, um, Jane Austen stuff. Is it the hand? Um, it's not the hand. It's a hand. Oh. I think it's from Emma, which I, I am okay with this one. I'm okay with... Let me see if I get it closer. There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, wait. That looks like it's from Bridgerton. Or no, no, no. That was just no. Pinkies. That's from it's from the newest Emma with what's her face. I can't, I didn't like it. Anyhow, okay. 
What kind of hero is your favorite? The grumpier, the better. The one who falls in love first. Or the one who fights the world for his partner. Oh, that's hard. I know. Oh. Grumpier, the better. We are going to have different outcomes. Okay. okay. Oh, here's Sandiston. Which okay. one did you choose? False first. He falls first. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Are you a classic reader of Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, or Georgette Heyer? Jane Austen. Do you like to savor stories or read them in one day? I like to savor or I read them in one day as quickly as possible. I mean, I tend to read as quickly as possible because I have mental illness. <laughs> There's so many books. Kate, read them all. Oh, here's a Bridgerton the world picture. sucks, so it's fun to escape it. Exactly. What is your favorite kind of heroine? The wallflower, the rebel, whoever always banters with the hero. Which could um, be all three, actually. Right, exactly. I was just going to yeah. say, um, I do love a rebel. Okay. Do you like fairy tale retellings? Always, not really, or I don't care as long as it's historical. Uh, I don't care as long as it's historical. Okay. You got... Oh. The magic in me. Out? You do. Okay. You got a Louis- Louisa James's A Duke of Her Own. Ooh, okay. Which is book six in the Desperate Duchesses, the original six series. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Let's see. A Duke of Her Own. Yes. So Leopold Daughtry, the notorious Duke of v- Villiers, must wed and quickly and nobly. And his choices, alas, are few. The Duke of Montague's daughter, Eleanor, is exquisitely beautiful and fiercely intelligent. Villiers, I think it's Villiers, uh, betroths himself to her without further ado. After all, no other woman really qualifies. Lisette, the outspoken daughter of the Duke of Gilner, cares nothing for clothing or, or decorum, or decorum. Sorry, I mean, that just means she doesn't like... It's fine. She's engaged to another man and doesn't give a fig for status or title. Half the Tom believes she's Lisette mad, and Villiers is inclined to agree. Torn between logic and passion, between intelligence and imagination, Villiers finds himself drawn to the very edge of impropriety. But it is not until he's in a duel to the death, fighting for the reputation of the woman he loves, that Villiers finally realizes that the greatest risk may not be in the dueling field, but in the bedroom and the heart. Love that. Absolutely will read that. <laughs> Truly yeah, will. that one is out. So that one's out. Um, I, the one I got was that, one of her It's kind of like, books. hang on, 2009? This book is like, is it? it's older. I'm not opposed like to it. I'm cover. just saying like, like, it's her, been like a while. She's getting out of that her dress, dress the cover. yeah. It's gorgeous. She's getting naked. She's she getting truly naked. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the newest one that's coming out, which actually sounds really good. I don't, again, I'll put in the art for it. She does a well because she lives in France. I'm mean, like, she writes a lot of French. Uh, I didn't know she lived in France. Yeah, I believe that she lives in, I think she, I'm pretty sure she lives in, I know she lives in Europe, but I'm almost positive she lives in France with her husband and their kids. Okay, um, if you... <clears throat> Uh, you know, need someone to carry your bags. You just let me know. Um, she also seems like the nicest lady on the planet. 
She really does. Um, her bio says she lives with her family in New York, but can sometimes be found in Paris or Italy because she is married to a genuine Italian knight. Oh, there you go. He is adorable. I, they, the they, she always puts vi- like videos of him up, and he seems adorable. So they've been together for like forever. So that's adorable. Yeah, fucking hell. I remember that one video that I sent you. Um, it was like I forgot. It was a doc I found somewhere, and it was older, but it was like when she had first started really writing, and she looks so young in it. Like she looks oh like, gosh. like I mean. Um, okay, uh, I got a, a card. Baby. I look like a bebe. A bebe. Like okay, wow, this one's real imaginative. All right, um, I, we are so close to the fucking end with these ones. All right, thank you, <clears throat> Jesus, thank you, Lord. Deep penetration. This is a fucking five out of five. Then it had better be difficult. It's not. Okay. It is fucking doggy style. Okay. But on your knees. A variation of the doggy style position, both lovers kneel with his knees outside of hers. She places her hands on the floor and raises her body to ankle the penetration however she prefers. He leans forward slightly and holds her holds onto her waist to control the speed of their thrusts. God damn it. Here. Okay. Okay. Literally. Oh, all right. It's like, doggy okay. style. Yeah. I mean, a number of books. Yeah. I mean. Uh, um, I, you know what? I just read a monster book with it in it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of books. At A&E right now, you ain't helping me out. I got a bag full of shit I'm not going to use and some cards that are giving me some not imaginative sex positions that I'm not going to use either, but I can at least imagine. But I can't because they're not imaginative. They're not imaginative. No, and they're repetitious. They're repetitive. Repetitive motion. Rude. 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 All right. All right. Uh, Shall we take a brief respite? And then we will come back and discuss Twisted. Yeah, let's do that. I'm really excited. We'll be back in two. And two. And we're back. We're back, bitches. (laughs) (sighs) So good to see you. It's so good to see you. I saw you yesterday. Yesterday. And last weekend. I'm going to see you three days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But then we're not going to see each other next weekend. So we're, we're cramming it all in now. Cramming it. Cramming it. Cram it. Sorry, everyone. I think they'll be fine. You are listening to this show, so it can't really be that bad, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we are talking about Twisted by Emily McIntyre. (laughs) We are indeed. Yes. So would it is a it's a dark romance, which Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. most of us know, most of listeners know, is not a huge huge for us. Yeah, not usual for us. Nope. It's a little different. Nope. But there's a reason why we're reading this. There sure is. What uh, is and that it's reason? Be- uh, because we are talking to Emily McIntyre. We are. Technically, we're be- talking to her tomorrow. Exactly. So yeah. when you listen to this, you'll also be then listening to her mm-hmm. talking at talking to us about 
her, about Twisted, uh, but also about like the series in general. Yeah, her so, Never After um, series, right? Mm-hmm, yep, yep, that's what it's called. Um, and these are, this whole series is, um, she calls them fractured fairy tales inspired by our favorite villains. Um, she specifically says at the beginning of each of these books, because I've re- at this point I've read Hooked in its entirety, Twisted in its entirety, and I've started Scarred, although not finished it. Um, she says at the beginning of the books that um, the this is not a redemption story, that if you are looking for the villain to, like the hero is the villain, and if you are looking for the villain to be redeemed, this is not the story for you. Right. Um, and I do think that, like, if you are a romance reader who especially, and I'm going to ask her about this tomorrow, um, if you are, if you were a fan of her Sugar Lake series, because if you don't realize that, like, in episode eight, we reviewed Beneath the Stands, mm-hmm. which was part of her Sugar Lake series. And this is a vast departure, like a pretty, yep. pretty different series than Sugar Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so... If, if you're used to, if you're just like, oh, I love Emily, Emily McIntyre. I didn't know, like, that she had a new series out or I didn't realize that this was her. Like, I appreciate that she warns you at the beginning. Like, this is not that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is what you're looking for, you ain't going to get it here. You're not going to get it here. These aren't um, the droids you're looking for. Nope. Um, so it's, it's different. But... Um, We'll get into, I have like, I have feelings that we will talk about when we get into our compliment sandwich. Um, Demi. So I don't wanna... <laughs> feelings. Um, so Demi. Okay. Feelings. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> just to like to give you a heads up that that's, this is, it's a departure for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's doing very well for her. So, mm-hmm. you know, good on her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's already a number one bestseller, by the way. Like, it's a number one new release. Nice. Um, in the category specifically is romance literary fiction. The the When we are recording this, it is, what, today's the 12th of February, yep. I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only been out for five days. Um, and, you know, it's, it's getting good reviews. It's for number 42 in the Kindle store. The entire fucking Kindle store. I like the, I like number, the covers a lot. <clears throat> the covers are gorgeous and they were just they just got like a facelift um because when she signed her print or her paperback deal with bloom they kind of like updated the covers a little bit mm-hmm. um and i mean they were beautiful before they're beautiful now like they're yeah. they're very nice i really like them um all right so shall we get into the summary yeah let's do that she's his diamond in the rough he's her worst nightmare yasmin karam i don't know if i'm saying that right i'm so i'm so so sorry that's right okay yasmin karam daughter to one of the richest men in the world has never known strife so when her beloved father falls ill she's determined to make his final days his happiest his last wish to see her married to a man of his choosing except yasmin's heart already belongs to someone else a servant a street rat a man her father would never consider worthy. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, Yasmin strikes a desperate deal with her father's right-hand man, Julian, not realizing he has his own twisted agenda. Julian Faraci has one goal, 
become the most powerful man in the world. He's built a fortune. He's built a future from broken bones and faded bruises, never caring who he hurt along the way. But when his mentor falls ill, he finds himself on the verge of losing everything, and he'll stop at nothing to inherit what is rightfully his, even if it means forcing a woman he can't stand into marriage. Yasmin is a brat who speaks out of turn, and he's the villain of her story. But he decides she'll be his, no matter what it takes to convince her. So, uh, if you've not guessed, we are in an Aladdin yes. uh, fairy tale kind of situation. She is very, um, <clears throat> in the beginning of the books, is also very clear about the fact that these are not retellings. If you are looking for a retelling of Aladdin, right. Right. you are not going to get it here. No, you are not. No. Um, <clears throat> when she sa- I like that she calls them fractured fairy tales because they are reimaginings of these stories. Um. What do you think we need to fill in? It does say that her father is dying, correct? Correct. It says he falls ill, but he's... Well, it does say to make his final days his happiness, yeah, but he has he, lung cancer. So yeah, he's dying. You learn that, like, right away. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and Aiden, who is the boy that she's in love with. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. a man. He's a boy. Um, he is... Um, he works for um the sultan's um diamond and empire he and his mother both are are um in service they she's Mm -hmm. like more like a housekeeper um and he uh, what does he do for them i don't actually know what he does um she at one point like brings tea to her father Right. Um, so he's like, cl- she's close with them, at least like in proximity. Right. On a frequent basis. But um, I don't know what he does, actually. I don't either. Sure and I, says. I don't think she does either. And he's also like really young because um, they're I, both, they what, 23? Yeah, 23. I think they're both yeah. 23. And mm-hmm. uh, Julian is uh, he's 36. Thir- yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's 13 so age years gap. older. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I would, I'm. We'll get into like what I liked about that, and and you think that that was going to be a it wasn't for me. Um, okay, okay. Because I know sometimes that's iffy for you, which I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what else that we could talk about. She um, has just come back from college. Mm-hmm. She used yeah, to. Yeah, she the, hasn't been back for very long. Yeah, like she has been quote unquote in love with Aiden since they were young, but she's mm-hmm. always I mean, she's had a crush on Julian. She had a crush on Julian once he started. Cause he's yeah. fucking it's gorgeous. Been like, yeah. Yeah. I think he's been working for her father for eight years. Yeah. So she, she had a crush on him like immediately. Cause he's beautiful. Right. Um, and then like, she heard some shitty comment that he made about her. And then she was like, whatever, I'm done with you. You know? Right. But, um, and she went not that that to, would have been even a little bit appropriate like she was 15 for fuck's right, sake you know right. like not at all appropriate right. um and he didn't to be fair like he didn't have feelings for like romantic feelings for her at all no, he thought she I, was super fucking annoying no and we learn very quickly what he plans to do to her once they get yep. married yep. because we open the book with him murdering a dude Mm-hmm. So, which I believe is yeah. her first suitor, isn't it? Yep, uh-huh. that's what I thought. Um, and because FYI, this kid, this, Julian, kills people. I mean, like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've read any of the others, 
you'll know, like, I mean, what's his face? James from Hooked. And um, I am forgetting the uh, hero's name or the villain's name from Scarred right now. But, all, I mean, they kill people. Like, <laughs> Which is funny because not... I was actually thinking James actually is his name, is actually Hook's name, is James. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is interesting because, I mean, obviously, so the the snake that so he's got this giant like nagini size snake yeah, yeah 23 foot python named isabella, isabella which is obviously the standard for for iago and and like which is kind of awesome actually i kind of oh i thought it was isabella. great like, i thought it was great also i was like kind of wanted to see that snake because at one point like he pets its head and it like it's yeah. like rubbing on him like a dog i was like i kind of want to yeah. see the snake i want to see what the snake looks like because i was picturing this like yellow Snake. I was also picturing like a yellow, yellow and white snake. snake. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's like crazy. I can't snake. believe you were yeah. also picturing that. Like a pretty snake. Because yeah. it's a girl. Yes. <laughs> she exactly. got a bow in her hair, so she a girl. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> she got a bow. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like y- y'all know what you're. I mean, like 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 you said, she puts in there. This isn't a reclamation mm-hmm. story, so they aren't going to be. It's going to start and end with somebody being bad. Uh-huh. And it's yeah. not as if Yasmin doesn't understand that because she knows that her father, what he does isn't, he's not an upstanding citizen. So she knows that. She's right. like, I know he does shady dealings. I know that. Yeah. And he he is so uh, like insistent that she stay away from his business. She He wants, yeah. her father wants her to have nothing to do with his business. And I have to think that in, it's largely because he doesn't want her to see the shady dealing of it. And we also have, <clears throat> well, we also have two is we have two different like cultures because she, because I believe Ali is Egyptian, I think. And then I, because he, she said he, uh, Persian, she's Persian, he's Persian. And then because she says her mother was Iranian, which is right, actually Persian. Right, right. So that's why I'm thinking, I actually think that, that he might be Egyptian. Because I don't know. I don't know. Does she um, say, I don't know what she says. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Ju- Julian. Julian is, is super 100%, Italian. Yeah, 100% yeah, Italian. He's super Italian. Yeah. He spits up some matzo balls. Or not matzo balls. <laughs> meat, matzo meatballs. Balls. <laughs> That's a different culture. Um, different meatballs. culture. Yeah. Um, point. Yes. And actually, I, when I was reading the book... Um, I kept reading his last name is Farasi, but then actually on TikTok today I saw that she had posted like snippets from the audiobook, uh-huh. and she calls him Farachi. So I mm. mean, which would make sense like as an Italian name, but yeah. I just hadn't really thought about that. Um, uh, the Karam surname originates in Lebanon. Oh, okay, okay. So and it means supportive or solidarity. So half Lebanese, half Iranian. Which yeah. Iranian yeah, that, is actually I mean, Persian. I'm sorry. That's what the... When they say Persia, that's what they're meaning. Okay. <clears throat> We're white, you guys. Um, <laughs> well, there was actually a guy on uh, Joe Bob. Uh, Joe Bob's show on Shutter on Friday night. Um, he had like a live stream from Vegas where he was marrying people. And one of the grooms was half Native American, half Persian. And they were oh. talking. He's like, would you rather go and say that? I, would you rather go by that you're Persian or you're Iranian? And he's like, oh, I'm Persian. Uh, That's fine. So. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's how That's I know. That's cool. Otherwise, I am know. white. Yes. Like Will Feen. Yep. 
Um, what else? Uh, one of the reasons. So technically, we chose this one because um, we could have chosen kind of any of them, but we chose this one specifically because it was new, but also because, I mean, I was kind of interested to see like the Aladdin portion of it, really. Like, it was the um, one that I was kind of most interested in, I think. Well, and also you got forced, like, marriage of convenience, marriage of right. whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. I was like, okay. Yep. Something that pretty much draws both of us in pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, how we review books on this podcast is we do a compliment sandwich. So, and that means that the top bun is something we liked about the book it's a pro um then we go to the meat which might be something we didn't like as much about the book um and then we like to finish on a high note and we like to end with another pro so that's our bottom bun we sure do i know you know we do we're nice like that we try to be nice we try i think we achieve it most of the time mission accomplished throw the banner um Mm -hmm. Yep, it's behind me. Achievement unlocked. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Boss mm-hmm. battle won. Um, Veronica, would you like to tell That's me your fair. top on? I really would. Um, I would love to hear it. I'm excited. Okay, so <laughs> I had already kind of told you this um, separately, but I think, and I noticed it in Hook as well, and I am noticing it in Scarred as I read through it. So this is kind of... This is something that stretches through the whole series, I think, or mm-hmm. I would imagine, even though I've not read every one of them. This one, um, I really like the way that she incorporates elements of the classic story with her telling of it. Mm-hmm. For example, so like in this one, this is... I, I'm not going to like give things away, but... They have, um, Julian has an archaeologist on staff named Jeannie, not spelled Jeannie like G-E-N-I-E, like Jean, it's spelled Jeannie like the name mm-hmm. Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-I-E. So Jeannie is looking for a lamp, a priceless relic. Yeah. And she has a shock of blue hair. <laughs> which yeah. is just like a sweet it's just a nice touch yeah you know um and then also like like we were just talking about like the snake and um at one point julian is talking to a judge and the judge says to him like there's a process i'm not a genie i can't just make things appear for you as if from nowhere um it, I just, I like the way that she kind of just weaves those things in there. Little touches, um, yeah. Yeah, they're just little touches that, I mean, she doesn't necessarily have to put them in there. You no, know, like they but... could just be gone. And, you know, technically she's also using, um, <clears throat> in this one, like, Julian is Jafar, basically. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. the J is the same, which I thought was kind of fun. And then obviously, like, it would have been Jasmine, but it's Yasmin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, like, there's just, like, little things that that I think help as the reader, like, connect the story back to Aladdin. Oh, it's not Isabel that's Iago. It's Ian that's Iago. Oh. They're both I names, though. Yeah. 
They could be both. But since he's the second in command, I guess it would be. And the person he... Yeah, I guess... I just think because of an animal. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But it just was interesting. She called it... He called her Isabel, too. Like, yeah. It's an I name. But... um right. I mean, was, was there, What was the tiger's name? Mm. In Aladdin. Hang on. Let me look. <clears throat> well, that's one of my questions for her. Is Did she feel like any sort of... Not pressure, but like pressure to put those pieces in? Like... Those I don't know. We'll have to in. ask her. Yeah. That's one of my questions I I added to our list. Oh, did you add that? Okay, I good. did. Because I would feel like there are certain things, these little hallmarks you have to commit. You, you, mm-hmm. I would feel pressured to put in for audience sort of like, hey, hey, like just like we're doing. Like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. You know? Like, I mean, yeah. that's really what that show, Once Upon a Time, was. It was pretty much like, hey, remember that? Remember this from Disney? Remember that? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Iago was a parrot. Right. Okay. Voiced um, by Gilbert Godfrey, yes. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Um, That's why I thought the snake, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, but Ian's does sound like Iago. Yeah. Maybe it's just split, you Maybe. know? But there was a tiger. It's, um, it's what's her face? It's Jasmine's tiger. And I can't right, think. Right, Jasmine's tiger. Raja. Raja. Oh, yes. Oh, Raya. Rhea. Yes. Yes. There it is. There it is. Yes. We got there. We got there. We Mission got there. We got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, and it does make sense that her dad's name is Ali because yep. um, Ali Ababa. Prince Ali, magic is he, merely a bubble. Genuflect, show some respect, respect. down on one knee. Okay. She and also brings up, she brings up Persian rugs, which I thought was like a throwback to yeah. the magic carpet. Yes, yeah. because Julian has a has a purple and gold one in his house. He sure does. That... Mm-hmm. Some and I believe that on. is the color. Of, of the carpet. Of the carpet. Yeah. From the movie. Mm-hmm. Little things. So that's what, that's my top bun is that for me, that helped. It was, it's easy because it's not exactly like the story. Mm-hmm. It's easy to, uh, to think about, to like kind of forget that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But those little callbacks kept bringing me back to it. And that would make me try and think like what happened in the actual movie. See what happened was. See what had happened was. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. That's it. Um, darling. Yes. Can you please tell me what your top bun well, is? Well, anybody who knows me, which I would assume <laughs> at this point the listeners know me quite well, there are a couple mm-hmm. things I don't like. One is angst, which was all <laughs> over that Sugar Lake series. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, absolutely. in fact, I believe that is how we started coining the phrase car crash angst was because it of my book. Been. Um, and uh, although I did like it, I did really like that book. So, I mean, it was, a, I mean, it was, it was a good. very good book. It was a very good book. And this is a very good book. This is a very good mm-hmm. book. But I hate, and I mean hate with a capital fucking H, mafia romances and dark romances. Holy you know, shit. You were talking about the top one right now, right? <laughs> I am. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> Lay it off. Get off my back. <laughs> 
<laughs> getting there. So I'm prefacing <laughs> what I'm going to say with those two things that usually I do. You. And we all feared. We all feared what I was going to come into this as. I was worried that you weren't going to like it. I, I really was. Yeah. And I did like it. I liked it. It's it's very, I mean, I, I'm not in love with Julian, but I don't think you're supposed to be in love with Julian by the end of it. Like, I don't want, I don't want him. I don't, I, but he is he hot? Yes. But I have sex. With, of course I would. Hello. Yeah, yes, yeah. I would. Um, especially the guy Obviously. that I picked. I would definitely every day, twice on Sunday. Um, Holla. But I ended up really, I did end up liking this book very much. And um, and to me, like, I think, and even starting, and I had started Hooked. And I, I just, it was too much for me. It was, like, too dark for me. So, mm-hmm. and I thought that's what's good this was going to be. But I don't think it's, I really, I really don't think it's as dark. No, I don't think it is either, actually. I really don't. Because, honestly, the people who get in this book kind of deserve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, from what you said, you said, like, you actually, you finished Hooked, and you said that people actually mm-hmm. in that book do, that get it, do deserve it, for the most part, in that one, too. Yeah, for the most, yeah. So, I mean, and I know she doesn't want to reclaim the hero, but there is some sort of reclamation when you are going after, it's like Dexter, it's the serial killer yeah. who kills other serial killers, so, or murderers. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason yeah. that they are the way they are. It's not like they just are literally just serial killers who enjoy killing people. I mean, they kind of do, but like they're doing, there's a reason behind it. It's not, I don't know. Well, and I, I, I'm going to say when I started the book and the first person is like, we don't know who this person is that he's killing. Mm-hmm. Come to find mm-hmm. out it's like one of her suitors because she is, because yeah. her dad is, you know, Ali is setting her up pretty much with all of these suitors because he wants to mm-hmm. get her married before he passes. Yeah. And because don't, he's, we don't know if he's a bad guy or not. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Probably, you know, if he's in this trade, which is just, it all sounds like it's not kosher, he probably isn't a du- a nice, a good dude. Right. I mean, I think we know that the diamond trade, is, like, we know the seedy underbelly of that. We know yes. that it's not a blood diamonds. Board. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blood yeah. jewels, we should say, because there's all kinds of blood emeralds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Elon Musk. And, um, <clears throat> and, du- and rubies are another big thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like... And that's we go we we know from Jump Street. So I mean, I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I end up liking it. So I'm I mean, glad. that is I'm a really big win for me. That. That's a big plus. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty major win. When yes. I was reading it, I knew I was like ahead of you, and I was like, oh hell. What like, did you say I, to me last night? <laughs> you were like, how the fuck did you finish? Oh, because you were like, so I I had travel this week, and so I had like time to be reading. Um. And I, when I had texted you at one point, I was like halfway through and you were a third of the way through. And last night I was like, I was just getting to the part where like shit's starting to hit the fan and um, you had already finished it. So I was like at 85%. Oh, and had read the additional epilogue. Oh, I hadn't yet. I have not okay. read it yet. Okay. Um, I am on her mailing list, so it may have come out and I just like haven't seen it yet. Anyway, um... So, and I haven't even read that. All right. Anyway, so I was like at 85-ish percent. You were like, oh, I finished it. And I was like, how the fuck? And you were like, oh, I just turned pages. Like, I just, you know, I read them. (laughs) I just read words. You know, as one does. Yeah. Um, I'm super glad to hear, though, that that you enjoyed it. Yeah. 
I was nervous. <laughs> All right, so shall we move on to, to slippery, middles? slippery middle? Yep. <clears throat> Gross. Um, if it's a, if it's like lunch meat that's slippery, I just give it to the dogs because at that point it's got its own mayonnaise. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I'm, it's got no. its own mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. It goes to the dogs. At no point, I I usually just I will, throw it away, but I didn't have a dog at the at the time when I was buying a lot. They got lunch lead meat. bellies. I figure a couple days off, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, this one, um, literally, she will eat anything. She really enjoys eating cardboard. I figured the dogs, because since dogs eat sanitary napkins, I think like some off lunch meat will probably be okay. Gross. Why do they do that? Because they're gross. They'll also just eat poop. Just literally just feces. Yep. God, you guys are gross. She's sleeping peacefully in her bed next to me. (laughs) Dick. Um, Sorry, I love you. Anyway, um, okay. You, I think you're going to agree with me on this one. Okay. Um, this this book is not like a ton of action happens. Like I felt like Hooked had more action to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so it's sort of like in places I sort of felt like it dragged a little bit. But I will also say in that, that this book was more character driven than I think Hooked was. Um, and in that, like you see these little things that happen between the two of them that help, like that help them bond and help create trust between the two of them. So I understand like why it was done that way, but still like not a lot happens no. until like 85%. Yes. Like that's when shit starts to go down. Yes. And so, therefore, in some parts, it felt like it dragged a little. Yeah, um, and I'm sitting here thinking of the actual. Of course, I'm thinking of the of the movie because I've not right. read the actual like fairy tale. Um, but when you think about like <clears throat> Aladdin, and mm-hmm. you're think, I mean, a lot of it is just like, here, Robin Williams, go off and do your thing, do your shit. Word. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. God, that would have to be like fucking crazy. I mean, I would have to have cocaine by the end of it. I mean, I mean, we all know he did, but I mean, fuck, to have to deal with that. Um, holy shit. Um, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, but really, when you're thinking about Aladdin the story, what literally happens? They go into the Cave of Wonders. He gets mm-hmm. the lamp. Um, mm-hmm. The Cave of Wonders collapses. He has his lamp. He becomes Ali Ababa. He goes into town. Um, he romances the princess and uh, Jafar uh, gets the lamp and becomes bad Jafar. Well, he's already bad, but like he he's gets, you know what I'm right. saying? He, he mm-hmm. starts taking over and as the Sultan and that's the movie. So, yeah. so I guess like not a ton happens. I forgot he had that monkey Abu. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they go on a magic carpet ride, you know. I can show you the world. That also came into it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, mine is, ver- I have two, and one is that, is that mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's, there's not a lot that happens. And I think I texted you, I was like, something better happens. <laughs> right. Nothing's better happen. Um, it was fine. It was like, it's, um... And the other one is the last action piece, the big action scene, 
is very confusing as to what is actually happening. Because at some point, certain characters break in and certain people are punching certain people. And then Mm -hmm. it's very disjointed. So it was hard to picture in my movie, in my mind, my movie, in my Mm -hmm. mind was having a hard time with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Um, so that's the other, that's the other slippery middle I have. It was just, it was, that one was tough. Like to gauge what had happened to so, uh, one certain character. I was like, what, what actually happened to them? Like I didn't mm-hmm. understand why they were mm-hmm. suddenly bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah. Um, all right. But yes, I agree with your astute assessment. Um, <laughs> Let us Stupid end assessment. then with the bottom bun. So give me your bottom bun. Your perky bottom buns. Um <laughs> your bottom bagel. I everything bagel. I very much I mean I told you via text also like I read Hooked and I wasn't like as enamored by James as a ton of other people are as like mm-hmm. book talk is. Um so to be totally honest, I didn't really have high hopes for Julian. Like I and went you know into what? this. I'm going to stop. I want to stop you for one second. And I have a feeling that don't feel bad because I think a lot of that honestly is after James Hook from once, once because everybody fucking loves Hook from once. I think part of that is because they can picture it as that guy. Yeah. Sorry. Did not mean yeah. to interrupt. Sorry. Well, yeah, I can totally see that because I did also, I have not watched that show, but I did picture him like that. Because of, like, just knowing who he is. Um, I just, I didn't really like James as much, like, just as a general human. I understood, like, why he was doing what he did. But uh, I I just didn't fall in love with him. Um, But I was kind of gung-ho for Julian, um, like, by the end. Because I feel like in, I know that they're not supposed to be redeemed, but, like, Julian kind of got a redemption arc. Julian, like, he, don't worry, is still killing people by the end. But those people, A, deaf deserved it. And B, like, you get these moments where you can, when you're here, when you're not like hearing, quote, reading from his point of view, you get these moments where he's talking about like, a feeling that he doesn't know how to identify Mm -hmm. because he's falling in love with her and he doesn't have any desire to like entertain those feelings. And then, and and never felt them before. Right. And he has, um, like his focus is being pulled from work where that's never happened before. He wants to be with her all the time. He wants to make her happy. And like, he doesn't, he can't equate those feelings with like falling in love with someone because he's never allowed himself to do that before. He's just never felt like that with anyone. And then you get that, like they're already married because he's forced her into it. He's essentially Mm -hmm. blackmailed her into marrying him. And, um, he, but he still gets that like possessive thing where at one point it's kind of close to the end where he, um, he says, uh, but then you touched my wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. like I just easy ways to get me to uh, 
have feelings for a fictional character have him turn like that Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, yeah and also like there's just something about that like bad boy that has feelings for like one woman like just that one person he's willing we we get this feeling that like we get from him that he's not like he's not sleeping around with lots of women no he's not Mm -mm. he's not he's got his eye on the prize and it is not it's that is it Yep, not what he's. Nope, not at all. He also doesn't like, like to it, be touched, so that's the other problem. He too. doesn't. He does not like to be touched, but he finds it fascinating that he doesn't mind when when Yasmin touches him, right? And that he actually kind of likes it. Um, he, I like that. Um, part of his storyline is like family and family you choose, which is always going to be a thing that reels me in. But she talks about, uh, not she, but like Emily McIntyre has in here lots of comments about like choosing your family and how he feels like no one has ever chosen him ever. And at one point he even says, um, uh, oh shit, hang on one second. Um, that she can choose him and I'll survive the way that every other time. The way I have every other time I wasn't someone's choice. It's a really big deal for him that she choose him. There are a couple moments where um, things are getting hot. And <laughs> he says to her, are you mine? And she won't, she won't say it. And things stop. Yep. It's not until she acknowledges, like, yes, I'm yours, that things progress any further um he also there's this um there's one thing that he does toward the very end of the book that i don't want to talk about because i don't want to give it away but he makes he takes a stand against someone in his life like the last person in his Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. who has like any kind of guilty kind of hold over him and i was just super proud of him in that moment yeah. That he, I liked the way that he went about it and literally his word choice and his reasoning behind it, I yeah. think made so much sense. And having such a 180 from the, the, when we meet that person before, yep. like physically meet them. Yes. It was, I was just super proud of him in that moment. But I think that he also having, then fallen in love with Yasmin and she has fallen in love with him that like he understands what that should look like. Right. And, and he's like, you know what? That's not it. And I don't want it anymore. Um, if you don't mind, I will read this one part. Um, I do not mind. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No problem. As I'm going to go host some throat code over here. Kidding. <laughs> guys during the break we also found out that this throat coat has glycerin in it which probably should not be should not be consumed because i believe pretty sure it should not be isn't that like vaseline is that the same thing like an oil-based i'll look it up you look for whatever you're supposed to do i'm gonna read this this quote that pertains Um, to what i'm actually doing instead of just talking about (laughs) sex toys yeah Mm mm-hmm 
Um, by the way, the spoilers. So if this, um, I mean, it is a romance novel, right? But like, right. if you don't want to hear it, um, you know, fast forward like a couple minutes. Um, there, we're finally like at this penultimate moment, and um, he's kind of like trying. Whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't want to give away too much. Okay. Um, he says, my love for you is dangerous. A heavy breath whooshes from her mouth, a tear rolling from her eye, dripping over the back of my knuckles. I move, pressing a kiss to her wet cheek to soak up her cries. I would kill anyone who looked at you, anyone who dared to breathe too close. I want your blood and your anger and your violence and your lust. I want your smiles and your tears and your insolent fucking mouth. I want to reach into your chest and hold your heart in my hands, making sure it only beats for me. But I don't want your first, Yasmin. I want your forever. I did like that. I did like that, too. I like that a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, he has, you know, a violent romantic side. So. <laughs> He's going to literally um, open your chest and hold your hand in his, or hold your heart in his hands. So, yep. Yeah, not usually what like I can't imagine Mr. Darcy saying that. Uh, you know Elizabeth, what, I'd uh, like to rip open your chest and I'd touch like to your watch beating you heart. Bleed. <laughs> watch um, you bleed out, possibly. I, I, though I don't know what bleed out means. Are you from I the don't. future? Um, there actually was uh in Beauty and the Mustache uh-huh. in um. Fuck, what is his name? Drew Ronis? Drew. In Drew's epilogue, there is kind of a part about this. Yeah. I want to tear her apart and watch her lovingly bleed or like something like that. Yep. There's something... Wrong with me? Yes. No, 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 no. There's something (laughs) sexy about it in this weird way. I don't know. It's we do like to be some of us like and not all of us. Some of us at some point like to be dominated. And that's kind of what sure. it is. It's the domination. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, either you and I hate to use this word, but you have the more the word I can't. I mean, like dominating or domineering or ones who are more like beta males. And I use that in the most loosest terms because I hate the fucking term alpha male. Mm-hmm. But you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the ones they would consider beta, so beta. But right. like, yeah. Yeah. It's called not being 50s dad. <laughs> not beta. It's called hugs are okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's my, that's my bottom moment is really julian i like it um there was on tiktok for a while there was like a i don't know what what show or movie this is from but it's matthew mcconaughey like getting in someone's face and saying something similar like but then you touched my wife my wife and that was like that was going around for a bit and that reminded me of this oh fuck what is that from i've seen it i've seen that that in particular but i have not seen whatever that is from Oh, and of course, I cannot spell his... I can never spell his no, name. No, no one knows how to spell his name. No, except for the... Yeah. Um, okay. Um, my wife quote is from... As Michael Pearson. Uh, that must be... The Gentleman. 
I've never seen that, obviously. No man should lay his hands on my wife. It's from the gentleman. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to click on the video. Oh. Do it. <sighs> oh, yeah. I'm into it. You oh, know? I'm feeling this. Yes, this is what I'm saying. I like his 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 patois in this too because it's not his usual like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Yep, right, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah! Yeah! Yes. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Do you want it? Do you want me to send it to you? Yes, I do, of course. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Um. So, anyway, that I that's just, my bottom pawn. I just got really hot. Whoa! Yeah. That is very large and in charge. That's what she said. Hold on. Okay. Um. All right. Probably so, what Yasmin said. Yeah, she did. <clears throat> um. I like to watch it on YouTube. Thank you. Um. Okay. So I guess it's my turn. Um. Yep. And I could listen to this like a bunch of more times. Um. <laughs> there we go. Small, small, little, like only that one. So my, I actually have two. Awesome. Very small ones, but they go together to make a giant robot <laughs> I don't know, transformer bottom bug. Perfect, perfect. I'm kidding. Um, it kind of goes, I mean, I'm, I'm going to um, add on to your love of Julian. And there's love one it. thing I really like about Julian. I like the character, the choice that, she, that Emily made with the character is that of his tattoos. Mm-hmm. I like that all of his tattoos represent a life that he has taken. I mm-hmm. don't, it's so fucking dark and I wouldn't mm-hmm. think that that's something I like, but I like tattoos. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like when tattoos have meaning. Um, yep. And there's, there's a, there's a movie or something that I'm trying to think of that does that. Like the, the, the bad guy or the character, I think it's the hero actually has like gone and gotten a tattoo for every life they've taken. Um, I don't know. There's just something about it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like a tattooed here. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do also like that um, that the snake like goes all the way up his arm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I do too. Yeah. And the Was other. That... Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. And the other one is that this book is very readable, very quick to read. Mm-hmm. Like as I said, like I breeze through it. It's very. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also not very super long. I mean, it's like three fifty. I think. So, um, but it's very accessible, very like, but she does have, I mean, she's, she's got a, her writing's great. She does have mm-hmm. a beautiful, uh, she's a great prose. writer. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and like, honestly it does, it reads very quickly. And so if you're looking for something that you could read over the weekend and it's, you know, it's snowing out or some bullshit and you just want to read about some dark romance, go for it. Yeah. Um, something that, that I've noticed from reading, what is this, like my fourth, fifth, sixth Emily McIntyre book, she, um, she's very good at connecting. She talks about like how feelings feel in the, her characters' bodies. Yeah. Very physical reactions. Yeah. Physical reactions to emotions. Yeah. Which I there's think there's a lot helps, of stomach twisting like, in this one. Yeah. There's a lot of stomach twisting, um, 
But I think that that helps connect you to how the character is feeling. Yes. Yeah. If you have that physical, because you've at some points, all of us have had that physical reaction of some sort. So we can actually place ourselves in this situation. Cause, and I think that's probably with this series in particular, you've got to have some way to connect you, connect your off your, your yeah. audience to your hero, because it's like, and you connected way more than I did. And that's just because this isn't my jam. Like these aren't my jam. Yeah. Yeah. But, I get that. But again, I liked him. I did like him by the end of it. But like I said, when we first started, I did like him. Um, but like, I think you have to have that because otherwise, like, there's no rely, like, no relatability. You can't, yeah. like, you know. It's hard but, to relate to someone who like starts off a book by killing someone, right? To you which know? we don't so, know why. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the prologue. Like, I said. yeah. <laughs> and a giant snake comes out and fucking swallows somebody. So coming, I mean, it's like. Yes. Yeah, you're going to be like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will also say one other thing that I like about the series in general is that, um, and this this sounds so fucking weird, and but the the men are not the only people who end up doing the killing. Like, yeah, during I did Hooked, notice that. Uh-huh. Hooked and twisted. Like I said, uh-huh. I haven't finished Scarred yet, although I imagine something similar will happen. The the heroine kills someone during the course of the book and someone and, that she cares about. And it could. And, and honestly, the situation shouldn't have to. Uh, she, Not in this book. She didn't have to. No, no. no. Disarm. I don't know. Did he deserve it, though? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. You know? Yes. Fuck yes. you. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she could have just disarmed him or. But I was yeah. actually happy with that result. I was fine. Same. With Same. Yeah, I was like, she, I, did I wouldn't not say have a she was like in a good mental space at that time. No, either, you no, know, I think I would have been like with if, what yep. she believed to have yep. been true at that time. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. person also didn't think she'd do it either. Oh, definitely not. Fucking bet me and lose. Yep. Tell me F-A-F-O, I can't do something. Fucker. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck that. Yep. All right. Um, That I think that wraps up our discussion of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend this book? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would say like, if you are not into dark romance, just know what you're getting into. Like, take her uh, her warning at the beginning of the book. Take that to heart. And there is a third. There is a third act, quote unquote, breakup too. A little bit. A mini. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's like. There's some. there's definitely some like they're not like I mean they're married so like it's not right. they're getting divorced but like there's definitely a like misunderstanding yeah but but I mean not really not really but things have changed yeah 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 um oh so, uh would you recommend this book I think you kind of already said it yeah I, for for the same reasons I mean just go in mm-hmm. knowing like and I brought that up just because there's some there's obviously angst in it it is a dark romance mm-hmm. you are you're getting in the car you're getting the angst mobile and you are going mm-hmm. to town and yep, you are yeah population you mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. Yeah. so if and you Julian. are into that I mean again I, I, hey I'm just happy I liked it 
Yeah, for sure. Um, would this book embarrass our moms? Oh, my mom would not read this. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, no, if it was a TV show, it was on HBO, she might. Uh, my mom would not read this. If it was I a storyline of Blue Bloods, my show. mom <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. If you adapted this into, like, Blue Buds or Matlock, she'd be all about it. <laughs> yep. Literally, yep. I went to her house today. She was watching Matlock. <laughs> there you okay. go. <laughs> You should see that she, it's her and uh, my 38 year old friend from West Virginia. So there we go. Just yeah, it's Golden Girls watching Matlock. Matlock yeah, for just the two of them. Yeah, and true crime. Yeah. Um. God. Uh, shall oh, we take yeah. a very brief respite and come back and talk about ratings and stunt casting? Yeah, let's do that. All right. We'll be back. In two and two. Give me a fucking look. We're back in two and two. <laughs> and we're back. Except it's actually just me that's back. Because I need to introduce the lovely Emily McIntyre. Um, we are super, super fortunate to have her with us today. Um, so please enjoy our discussion with her. And we will be back at the end for ratings and stunt casting everyone please welcome um best-selling author emily mcintyre to the show am i saying that right shit yeah yeah okay good (laughs) okay (laughs) that's how i've always said it that i just didn't i was like shit maybe that was not correct at all please (laughs) welcome emily mcintyre to the show um for longtime listeners of the show um way back when like episode eight um we've Yes, we um, we covered Beneath the Stands, which was the second, which is the second in her Sugar Lake series. Yes. Um, so we're very excited to have her back to discuss her Never After series, which is the newest one. I'm super happy to be here. And my dog is apparently also very happy to be here. So mine's, mine's right there. It's fine. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Braylon. Braylon. Boy or a girl? Boy. He's an old Sleeping. man. Just yeah. sleeping back there. Mm-hmm. Jealous. <laughs> Mine was fine until she heard a siren. Anyway, <laughs> it's really exciting to have you here. Um, for the show, um, we actually just read Twisted. So that was super exciting. Um, I have we've also both read Hooked, and I'm currently reading Scarred. So it's it's been fun to like catch up with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um because cool. we were late on the uptake. Um, hey, that's but... all right. <laughs> But we're really excited to have you here, and we're grateful that you're making some time for us. Um, one thing that we always ask our authors, because this is how we start all of our episodes, is we talk about our bright spot. So we were just wondering what your bright spot is this week. Um, well, probably my readers this week, because I just released Twisted, and I had a launch event at Joseph Beth Booksellers in Kentucky. And I like I have like imposter syndrome, which I think most people do. So I'm like, is anybody even going to show up to this? <laughs> so I walk in and first of all, there was almost a thousand pre-orders for me to sign. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Out. And then 150 people showed up and waited in line Excellent. for almost four hours. It was oh. like an incredible, humbling experience. So that's definitely awesome. my bright spot for the. That's wonderful. That's awesome. That is super awesome. Um, how did you end up choosing Kentucky for it? Like I didn't choose anything. My publisher sets all that up. Um, and I live in Tennessee, so Kentucky is only two and a half hours away where I was in Lexington. So it's like 
all right, I can do it there. And they asked, I was like, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So many people showed up. I saw, um, I think it was your Instagram. I was looking at, there was just like pictures of just tons of books. Yeah. 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 It took a very long time, but it was like an assembly line when I had never, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I made my best friend Savar Miller come with me. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> But there was like an assembly line. Someone opened the book to the right page and would hand it to me and I'd sign it. And then someone else would put the paper in there who'd hand it to someone to put it in a box. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. Hand, was your hand cramping <laughs> many ends? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like any kind of, um, when you sign books like that, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had like that kind of um, turnaround that quickly with signing your books because you could probably take like a break when you're doing it from home. But like- yeah. Truly, is there anything, did you have to like do anything special for your hand afterward? Uh, no, they, no, actually it, it wasn't that bad. It's really my arm that gets tired more than my hand or my wrist, surprisingly. Um, and I didn't really feel it until later that night. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes when I sign books or when I'm on deadlines and I'm right, like typing a lot, I have compression yeah. gloves that I wear, which really, really helps. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. But I didn't yeah. take it because- I didn't even think about it. I right, right. <laughs> because that jerk in your head was like, no one's going to be there. It'll be fine. <laughs> <I know. laughs> A thousand books? Ha <laughs> ha. No way. Yeah. No way. That's so exciting. Did you ever, did you ever think like when you were writing your Sugar Lake series that this would be the trajectory of your life? Um, uh, You know, it's, a little bit only because I'm very much, I believe in picturing your dream life and mm-hmm. really visualizing it and then just going for it. That's how I've always been. So mm-hmm. I've always visualized getting to this point. I don't know that I visualize it happening as quickly as it has. And I think even as much as you visualize it and you think about it, even if you kind of were like, yeah, I'm going to make this happen. It's still kind of stunning when it really does happen. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I love that though. It has, it does seem, I suppose for you, it it might be different, but it seems to me like it happened rather quickly. Like it all of a sudden, it just really escalated. Like it ramped Mm -hmm. up fast. Yeah. I've only been published for a little under two and a half years. So Mm -hmm. it's been extremely quick. That's awesome though. Was it, was it um, hooked that like really catapulted? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beneath the stars, which is my first book ever, my debut book. That was the first book to go viral on TikTok from me. Um, like one of my TikToks went viral and it was the first book that made me hit the top 20 on Amazon and kind of took off. But as far as genuine, just books blowing up on their own, not from a viral thing, hooked, hooked is the one hooked is it. (laughs) No love that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Sugar Lake, um, we went, we went from like contemporary romance to, with some like dark and difficult themes to, um, you have like a standalone that you did with Savar Miller and then we get the never after series. So what made, what was that progression like for you? How did you go from contemporary romance to dark romance? I've always said that I'm not going to box myself into any particular type of subgenre or category because my writing process, I call it method writing. It's very much the characters drop in my head and start screaming. 
And then until I put them on paper, I don't pre-plot books. I don't pre-plan. It just, I write what the characters tell me to write. You're a pantser, as they say. I am absolutely a pantser, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So because of that, I, I, and I, it scares me to box myself into a subgenre because of that, because it's, I don't want to be known for just one type of thing. So, uh, it, the progression felt very natural for me internally, as far as my process and everything with the writing aspect goes, because it was just a different character and all of my characters feel extremely different. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice to challenge yourself and push yourself and spread your wings as a writer into the different subgenres and play around in the different sandboxes. The scariest part for me was, were my readers who read Sugar Lake going to follow and read right. dark, darker romance? Um, which, you know, some of them probably didn't and that's fine, but they can read any other contemporary romances I write in the future. Right. And mm-hmm. and it was just something I really felt like, you know, the character was screaming at me actually when I was on a deadline for Beneath the Hood is when Hooked dropped in my head. And I was like, I cannot write Beneath the Hood until I get this man on paper. So I had to stop and write the prologue in the first few chapters of Hooked. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I just, uh, I'm just the vessel, I guess. I just... <laughs> The muses, they talk to me. I'm like, all right, I got a thousand voices in my head. All right. tell me. I feel like um, to, to I don't, I don't want to say like normal people, but like to people who don't write, that might sound ridiculous, but like I also yeah. write. And so I'm just like, yeah, that totally makes sense We're to good. me. Right. All you of these it. voices in my head, they're just like running around. Yeah, it's totally fine. They talk to me yeah. however they want. Yeah. Um. I did want to know though, I know you have like a young-ish child. Mm -hmm. Um, So did these like fractured fairy tales, as you call them, come from re-watching all of these Disney movies with your child? No, well, kind of. I was, I think she was like two at the time. She's four now. So I think she was maybe just under two and she was watching uh, some YouTube video of like someone who had home recorded a Disney live show at Disney World. And when Captain Hook and Peter Pan came on the stage, James, my character, James dropped in my head, fully formed, like in an instant and just started like screaming. I mean, it was (laughs) like in the middle, I'm sitting there watching it and in my head. So a little bit, I do not rewatch the Disney movies, though, before I write the books mm-hmm. at all. I actually try to stay away from the Disney and only pull from original source work that's in public domain. Mm-hmm. So um, other than that, original inspo, I have not <laughs> watched the Disney movies. Fascinating, because the detail, though, like yeah. we were talking about this, we recorded our episode on Twisted yesterday, and the the detail that you have that is from the source material is like, it's pretty in there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what were we talking about yesterday? Having even like the character of Jeannie having like shock blue hair and like, of course, spoilers for anybody but like of course that like she ends up being the person who has found the lamp and is like giving the lamp to who is like giving the lamp over to her and like it's just i don't know you have like and even in hooked having like they're just little things that come back that you didn't really have to do but like you you put them in there and then 
sort of like reminded me about all of these little things in these movies that I haven't seen for like an eternity. Right. Right. Yeah. It was a really nice touch. Thank you. See, so that's what I like to do. I like to put in nods that kind of give you nostalgia to those like childhood memories, but I didn't ever, well, one, I can't do like on the nose nods. Oh, sure. you know, right. my publisher yeah. source books, the legal team literally reads my manuscripts before they put it to print to mm-hmm. make sure. And they'll yeah. be like, nope, this is too close. Like you have to change it, you know, is, or things like that. So, um, but even when they were indie published, I was very careful, but I really w- wanted to put in little vague nods mm-hmm. that if you know the story, you're gonna be like, oh, that just hits me in the heart. And if you don't know the story, you can read them without any issue too. So I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Because that actually answers my question that I had had. Yeah. Yeah. About like, did you feel like you, you had like the, you had to put the influences in, but it just sounds like a nice little like cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, when we were recording yesterday, I hadn't even put together the um, Raja Tiger is so similar to, is it Rhea or Raya? Raya. However, Raya? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even put that together. We were literally talking about it yesterday. We were yeah, recording. I was like, I was like oh. the name of the tiger? Oh yeah. It's like Raja, isn't it? And you were like, stop. <laughs> it's a nice touch. I like how, mm-hmm. to me, it makes it more like cohesive in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, it's fun. I'm glad you did that. Um, do you, you said that you don't really like to, um, to like pigeonhole yourself into, um, any specific genre. Do you feel like you, you had said you might go back to contemporary at some point, um, you just let your characters talk to you. So do you feel like you want to venture into like any fantasy or anything like that at any point or any other like aspect of romance writing or, or outside of romance? You know, I don't know that I'll ever write anything outside of romance. Never say never, I guess. But romance is my genre. As a reader, it's what I enjoy. So it's also what I enjoy to write. And that's that's where my craft really comes through. I mean, I've always been a writer says little kid. And even when I was a little kid, all of my songs and all of my poems, they were all about romance. Like, what's the little seven-year-old girl know about? I don't know, but I got hundreds <laughs> of notebooks filled with stuff. So that's just kind of my wheelhouse. But um you know, also as a reader, I love fantasy. I love paranormal. I love all of that. And and so I, who's to say, you know, because I will write literally whatever drops into my head. And if the story's there and it's kind of nudging me saying that it needs to be told, I'm going to put it on paper. I love that. Um, <clears throat> so you have, at what point did source books come into play? Because you had indie published um, Hooked, right? When I indie did... published Hooked, Scarred, and Wretched. Oh, okay. So then they, did you have to like go back and you said the legal team is like scouring them. So did you have to make any changes from the original material that you had self-published? Uh, so Sourcebooks came into play right after I released <laughs> Wretched. And they, they of course wanted to re-edit and republish them. So they all went through minor changes. Most you won't even notice because it's like line editing, you know, grammatical things or certain tiny things. Um, with a couple of them scarred and wretched, there were a couple things that they're like, you know, this is fine. Because again, 
when I indie published, I'm not, I also was very, very careful. Nobody wants to mess right. with the mouse. So no, you know, they're yeah. super litigious. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I was very, very careful, but, um, because they're a major publisher, they're even more careful where things like, so in the original wretched, my main character's name was Eveline and they had me change it to Evelina. And that was actually a coincidence because they, because it turns out that Evelyn is a character in The Wiz, I think, but I've never seen The Wiz. So I didn't even know that. So, and technically names, you can use any names, you know, Mm -hmm. that's legal wise, but to err on the side of caution, they're like, let's change this. Um, You know, so there were, there are a couple minor changes. I would say Scarred has a couple minor changes and Wretched has like an additional scene that doesn't change anything, but was just kind of like an added thing that when it was re-edited, they're like, if you put a little more juice here. So we made little tweaks like that. Um, nothing that changes the overall story flow. If you've read the indies and haven't read the Bloom editions, you're you're not missing anything. You know, it's the same story. Uh, but other than little tweaks, no. It's like, I was very careful when I wrote it. So it was a pretty seamless transition. Yeah, that's good. Um, you've talked on TikTok a little bit about how um, you've always had good editing in your books. Like I'm saying that you haven't necessarily said <laughs> that part on your TikTok, but you've always, as a person who has read like, I don't know, six or seven of your books now, you've always, in my opinion, had good editing. It's something that seems like you invested in at the like from the very start, but you have on your TikTok talked about um, editing being one of the... Um, of the benefits of having a trad publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. Like how has it differed from when you were, when you have only self-published? Yeah, absolutely. I, I did invest in editing. I am a firm believer that editing is always, always worth it. Um, I would rather have waited if I couldn't afford editing and saved up money and found an editor that would have worked with me on a payment plan, you know, then, then done an unedited book. Um, and the difference there is that one, it's expensive, it's out of your own pocket. And especially when you're an indie author or you're just starting out, you, you don't always have the funds. So you can't always do the multiple rounds of editing and you sometimes have to pick and choose. Do I want developmental editing or do I just want to work with betas that I can find that will swap work instead of me having to pay them and then do like one round of copy edits, no proofwriting, nothing. And and be done. And the difference, but so, and also with indie publishing, you know, it's a very fast paced. It's such a saturated industry, specifically in indie romance that you kind of have to release every couple months to stay relevant and stay in people's faces and to also make enough money to continue doing it in a competitive level, at least. And so uh, you write it, it goes into editing. And then after the editing, it's released. Like, bam, bam, bam. So I knew when I'm done writing my draft and I send it to the editor, that's it. I can't make any changes once I get that back. With trad publishing, it's a much slower process and they actually still work extremely fast compared to a lot of trad publishers. My my publisher does. Um, but for example, now, one, I don't have to pay for it anymore, which is nice. 
Excellent. <laughs> um, but like, you know, in track publishing, your editor is not just somebody you send a manuscript to. Your editor is your person in the publishing industry. Yeah. They are the ones that go to bat for you. They are your main source of contact for everyone. They're the ones that scouted you. So my editor, Krista with Bloom Books, she is my person. She's the one I'm like, spiraling with and talking about yeah, it and yeah. tells me about all the sales and all the deals. She is the person. So that relationship with the editor is a very big difference. And then the actual editing process is, is way more in depth, really pushes me as a writer because I write my draft and then I send it and it goes into developmental editing and then they have it. And someone on the editing team does dev edits. So then I get that back and I go back in and I have a chance to really dig in and rework what I've already written, which when you're on a really fast paced indie publishing schedule, you don't always have the opportunity to do that. Um, and it really pushes you to to be the best at, at your craft, which I love. I love. And so I do dev edits and then I work on that for usually it's a very tight deadline. So I usually have one or two weeks and I generally add about 15 to 20,000 more words. Sometimes I change a lot of stuff and then it goes back in and then my main editor does line edits and then I and then it gets sent to sensitivity readers as well. And so then I get all of that back. So I get and my sensitivity readers, um, they go through the entire manuscript and leave comments, but then I also get a big letter from them kind of outlining everything. And, and uh, so then I go in and I apply any of the sensitivity edits that I need. And then I also apply line edits. And then I, I usually send it to betas at that point. Um, and then once I get that back, I send it back in again, and then it goes in for copy edits. And so that's a different person looking at it. And that's the final one, like, okay, now I can't mess with it anymore. So it goes from, you know, having just this really tight deadline and one round of editing and maybe two, I used to do line edits and, and then proofreading. And now I have this entire team and all of these different eyes and it goes through so many different versions and they push me to kind of like critique my, my writing and push myself in a way that just wasn't there with indie publishing. That's awesome. It, it, that must take much, that must take a lot of patience for someone who was so used to just like putting them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, the entire switch to like kind of working <laughs> with a trap publisher yeah. has been a lesson in patience. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the actual editing process is still because I like to publish, you know, book every six months now, whatever. Um, it's still pretty quick. Once they get it, they usually have it for a week or two, then I get back. It's really nice, though, having it be a little bit slower than what I was used to. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm getting burnt out. And I really get to kind of like, I, I get to be super, super proud of what I'm putting out in the world because right. it's gone through so much. I also I, assume too, because I'm sure you get you get the pressure. We we watched this documentary. What was the what name? It was of called that? Naughty Books. I was Naughty just going to bring that up. That's right. Yeah. Where there was like such. I mean, that authors have such a pressure to like constantly turning out books, mm -hmm. turning out books. So I can see that going with the trad publisher, it's like it does slow that down, and you're able to sit with it a little bit more and being like and make your make your fans want it a little bit more before yeah. it's coming out. Which I think is we could all just we could we can all just calm down a little bit. <laughs> Let's, yeah, give these, let's give these ladies and gentlemen a little bit of a breather. Okay. There's yeah, plenty I, of books out there. You just all calm down. 
Yeah. You know, I, I would rather, there are definitely authors that, you know, they only publish like once a year mm-hmm. and I'm like waiting for it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, dear Mariana Zapata, when are you coming out with another one? You know, I think like the last time was something like a 14 or 15 month, like gap between the two. And I was like, I want it, but I want it to be good. And I right. want you right. to not be burnt out. You know right. what I mean? I'd like to have, to have a good, you know, mental health yeah regime yes yeah we want you guys to not like yeah yeah we don't want you to be burned out yeah yes like if you hate what you do and you want to stop doing it then that doesn't do us any good as readers you know I would I it made me sad to like think about that kind of pressure that that readers might be like not really thinking about but they're putting that kind of pressure on you guys to just like spit out books Mm -hmm. like it's just you know something you can do in your sleep or something it's just yeah I'm actually a really big, like I'm, I'm a pusher for not rapid releasing because mm-hmm. it does burn you out and it does make you lose that creative spark. Yeah. And like what we're all writers because we love writing. And when you start to lose that because of the pressure, I think what's the point, you know? And mm-hmm. so having experienced both, at least some people really like rapid releasing. So if that works, that works. But for me, it's like, yeah. Being able to take time. I mean, there was, that was one of my biggest worries too, was when I was like signing with Bloom, I was worried because I was like, you know, I'm not going to release a book for 10 months. I didn't release a book for 10 months, which is a lifetime for an indie romance author. And luckily I had a built-in fan base already. So Mm -hmm. it it wasn't as scary as it could have been, but it, it was really kind of nice. Yeah. To have that like in between time. Yeah. Breathing room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What did you do with that time? I imagine you were still writing. I was writing. Yeah. Well, this is the other difference (laughs) actually is I would be in when I was straight up indie, I was writing a book, releasing it, writing a book, releasing it. And now I'm books ahead. Right. So I'm um, actually today is the last day of my line edits getting sent back for cross. I'm done writing it. It's, it's about to go to print like next month. So, but that doesn't, that comes out August 1st, you know? So it's like, I'm so far ahead compared to what I used to be. So I'm still writing. I'm just not like, um, feeling like I'm going to die from this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a fair trade, you know? Yeah. I'll still do it to myself. I'll I'll wait until like the week before is due to my editor and be like, okay, now I can write. (laughs) Hundred thousand words. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> day of. That's always my thing. Oh, yeah. day of will be fine. It's be great. Fine. There's plenty uh, of time. I have fine. five hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so you are. You've already wrapped. Wrapped. Crossed. Can you tell us what it's about? No, I cannot. Oh, God, <laughs> wait. I've just bated breath. We were. Just I was guessing. trying to figure it there out. There are hints. There are hints and twisted for it. I know. I'm gonna have to go back and like look through them because I I was l- looking for like any instance of the word crossed, and they're in there. But I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the possibilities are just endless I in terms of I, like yeah fairy tales from children. You know, yeah. like I'll say that there are hints. There are the title for the next book is in every single one of my books. I've done that since the very beginning of Beneath the Stars, and so like Beneath the Surface has the title hooked in it even, and um, but. They're in the Never After series. There are always hints beyond the title throughout the book. The next story is going to be, and I, I, 
lot of theories going around, uh, very strong theories. And I will say I have seen um, I have seen some that are exact and wow. I have seen some that are so far from exact. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what planet are you? Uh, <laughs> we're reading the same. You read what I was writing. Yeah. What the heck? But some yeah. of some of y'all are some detectives, though. I mean, man, like even from the beginning, I'm like the way that they do not miss a thing. No, I mean, readers and listeners have solved true crimes. I mean, yeah, like, honestly, yeah. I don't know. Why I don't know why they're not utilized in true crime. Honestly, right? Like, you need mm-hmm. you need this solved. Yeah, you yeah. gotta so find a, a podcast crime, with a yeah. couple of white women. Like they're yeah. on it. Here we <laughs> go. <laughs> they got nothing better I, to do. They're like, you know what? We're just, we just go solve a twenty-year-old case. Cool. Let's we'll do that on a, on a nice Tuesday solve afternoon. Cold yeah. case. Just chill yeah. it out. Um, I that is some Taylor Swift level shit right there. That you're like <laughs> putting in little Easter eggs in different series. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love doing it. It's fun. Way to like hook that's in your evil genius, base, and you know? I love it a little bit. Oh, amazing! That's like what? Yeah. What is like that? Um, the square with like all the different states or whatever on it, where it's like chaotic evil, chaotic neutral. Yeah, where the fuck that is? It's, like, <laughs> it's a little chaotic evil, but not. It's like yeah, good kinds of evil. I don't know. I'm fine that's- with it, and I'm very excited about it. To be honest. <laughs> um. So as you're writing these like anti-heroes, these villains mm-hmm. that you end up rooting for, do you ever have you had to like fight the urge to like redeem them? Because that's something right. you say at the very beginning of each of these books is if you're looking for like a redemption story, you're not going to find it here. Yeah, no, actually, it's never been it's never been an issue. Again, I think that has a lot to do with my style of writing because I don't pre-plot my books and mm-hmm. The that's the also the reason I write in first person present because it's like as I'm sitting down and writing, the character's head that I'm in is making me feel the emotion. They're basically showing it to me like a movie. I'm a very visual person. So it shows to me like a movie, and then I put it on the page and I kind of let it form naturally. And even to the point where sometimes when I get to my plot twists, I'll go back and I'll realize that hence tying in my plot twists are there, but I didn't know what the plot twist was when I wrote that. It just was like <laughs> a natural progression that my characters did. And so their arc is set. I do character profiles before I start writing. They're actually in the back of the paperbacks. And so I do have an overall idea of what their, their character arc is going to be. Um, and no, you know, this, this series is about um, showing that even villains can feel and that good and evil or right and wrong are all kind of bendable and moldable depending on your perspective and backstory. And I really wanted to stick with, they do not become somebody else. They just, you know, they have trauma, they have backstories, they are who they are. And while they might have some better coping mechanisms by the end. They might not be healthy. They might be like, you know, a toxic relationship. I don't know, but <laughs> but <laughs> that's for therapists to decide. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, yeah. you know, that's real world stuff. We don't think about that. That's not but, why we're here. Yeah, but no, it's never been an issue for me because the characters are so who they are in my head that it's like, you know, if they have any type of redemption, it's going to fall along with with the story it's not going to change who they are as a character we were talking about that yesterday how like julian has 
I don't want to say he's redeemed because he's like not, but he's definitely like an improved version of himself by the Mm -hmm. time the book ends. And I was like, you know, he's kind of like the lowest key of redeemed, but he's still killing people. (laughs) So so that's exactly (laughs) it. Like they have redemption arcs in the sense where they work on themselves and their own traumas and how they deal with things. But like, they're not going to all of a sudden ever in this series be like, you know, I'm never going to do that again. And I really regret everything I've done. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. it's not going to be anything like that. This is not, but yeah, totally. Like- they all have their reasons. It's fine. Exactly. That's yeah. something we were talking about yesterday too. They all have reasons. Like they all have backstories. It's not just like exactly. some literal sociopath, like on the pages of this book running around. Right. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and and we said there's a reason why he kills the people he kills. So it's like Dexter yeah. kills serial killer, yeah. kills killers. So there you, you go. Know? You know, yeah, no, it works. And sometimes, sometimes it's really satisfying, you know, yeah. like sometimes Word. it just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said that really too excited. <laughs> Pulled that back. I was like, word? Like, hold up. No, nope. yeah. I never thought that before. <laughs> Listen, again, this is, that's something for therapists to work out. Yeah. That's not why we're here today. And yeah, it's totally. sponsored by Talkspace, so I don't know. Oh. We are, nope, we have no sponsorship from therapists other than maybe my own. <laughs> um. So we've talked about your writing process and how these characters come into your head. Um, you look like you're in an office right now. Like, is this your setup? Like, is this where you, do you need to have certain music playing? I know you do playlists sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, when you sit down to write, how do you do it? Uh, well, with a four-year-old, with a with a child, it can be a little difficult. Uh, it's a lot easier now. When I first started writing, my husband worked full-time as an engineer. And now because... My books do so well. He quit his job and now he technically works for me on paper. And so that's really helpful because he's home all the time too. So yeah, this is my office. You can't see, um, I have my desktop, which is where I'm sitting right now. But what I really do is I wake up early in the morning before my daughter, ideally, although not always. And then I have uh, my laptop over on the other side of this room that you can't see and an under the desk treadmill. I have ADHD. So it really helps me to do multiple things at once. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like my mind yeah. scatters. So I actually get my word count in every morning while I walk about six to seven miles. And I do listen to music while I do that. My playlists actually form from the music I listen to. If there's a certain scene or song that's really resonating with the character, I generally listen to it on repeat while I'm writing. Uh, and if there is nothing at the time, it's generally like lo-fi beats or something mm-hmm. to kind of, cause for some reason, all of these things happening at once really helped me zone in on, on like the characters in my head yeah. instead of like my brain scattering. So I do that every morning. Uh, that is where I work the best, but if I'm really on my deadline, I will be writing whenever I can fit it in. I take my laptop with me. My daughter is on the spectrum. So she has a lot of therapy. So I will like take it with me to therapy when we're going to her like speech therapist or her occupational play therapy and just like write whenever I can, which that can be interesting depending on what scene I'm writing in public. I imagine, I imagine. We we roll with it. Um, Yeah, it just, it depends. I've learned to kind of adapt to what I need to happen. That's, I mean, sounds like that kind of just has to happen regardless of of what else is going on in our lives. If we want to write, like we just have to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. You adapt or you, or Mm -hmm. you don't. Or you Um, don't. 
Which is more awkward to write while you're like at your daughter's therapy, a sex scene or a scene where you're killing someone? Oh, the killing someone never feels awkward. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I see you answered that one too quick. Yeah, Aren't well, you excited? you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, the, the spicy scenes, they can be awkward to write in public. I don't even know if it's because it's a spicy scene, although it can be because it's like, you know, I'm at her therapy. So there are like kids right around. So sometimes I, I can't do it there. I'm just like, I got to like not do yeah. this right now and, and wait. Um, so that's, it would definitely be if I had to pick between the two, <laughs> spicy <laughs> scenes are more awkward. <laughs> I think that, I think that tracks. We talked about your playlist. Um, I do. I personally love a play, playlist. I'm like a sucker for that. When I open a book and there is a playlist in it, I'm like, yes. I mean, yes, please. Like all the time I love having a playlist in a book. I like seeing what authors were thinking about and like maybe what songs were inspiring them while they were writing. Mm-hmm. And I um, also, on a personal note, the more I talk to people who have ADHD, the more I wonder if I also have ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe no one has ever figured it out. Because yeah. a lot of those things, like I do that too. Yeah. I actually didn't get diagnosed until we were, my daughter started showing symptoms of autism. And so my husband and I started researching and talking to people. And then both of us, we you learn a lot about yourself yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> when you're researching that stuff. So, you know, if you feel like you do, if anybody listening feels like they might, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. No, no. <laughs> I think um, for women in particular, I think that they, I I think are often kind of just like overlooked when we're talking about like our mental health or like mm-hmm. something that feels weird for us or like I was a good student for the vast majority of the time. So people are like, oh, you don't have ADHD. You're a good student. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah, no. Know that that's it, but okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. For example, my ADHD allows me to procrastinate until the very last second. And then I'm like, oh, we got this. This is yes. no problem. Yep. You know, that's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a very common thing with people who have ADHD. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> I have a week to do this now. No, yeah. it'll be it'll be done. Yeah. Night of. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every exactly. paper I've ever written for any class night before. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and it could possibly go back back to what you said, Veronica. It could possibly be because most of the time, in general, girls do well in school more than boys. Mm-hmm. So they focus on boys because they're like, well, he's obviously not doing well, so he must have, and yeah. they must look at it uh, that way. And you Maybe. know, actually, it's actually statistically proven with autism too that girls don't get diagnosed as frequently as boys, and it's because girls mask better. The majority uh-huh. of the time when they're younger, they're able to emulate neurotypical uh, behaviors and they present so differently that it's a lot easier to see things in in boys than it is girls. Interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. It does make sense, actually. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Oh, right. <clears throat> I'm going to have to have some talks with my mom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> She's a wonderful person, truly. She's wonderful. Um, she will never listen to this podcast and that is totally fine. Um, <laughs> she doesn't. And we are very happy that our parents, neither of our mothers do. And yeah. yeah, we say things and I'm like, I, there are some things maybe we don't need to talk about with our moms. Use that word mm-hmm. today. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> or ever. Um, 
or ever, literally mm-hmm. ever. Yep. Um, you said that romance is your genre. That's what you like to read. It's what you like to write. Um, who is your ultimate romance hero? Mm, see, this is a very difficult question for me. It really is because I don't know that I can pick one. I will say just on the whole, I don't even know um, that I consider it romance, but I have always been just completely obsessed with Shakespeare in general. I own every Shakespeare work ever written in multiple formats. I have books from the 1800s that my grandma preserved for me. Like I am a fanatic. And so awesome. And so if I was going to pick any type of writer um, that does write love stories, I don't, I don't know that I'd consider him romance. (laughs) 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 Um, That would be it. Also, I just, I just love that. And then I'm always a sucker for classics. So I, again, I own everything Jane Austen has ever written, you know, things like yeah. that. It, But I can't narrow it down to one because I'm a huge, I know. I'm a huge mood reader too. And mm-hmm. so the stories I resonate with change depending on what mood I'm in. Right. I think that's totally fair. Also, as I was reading Scarred, I was like, there are Macbeth references in here. Yeah. Actually, I pulled really, really heavily from Hamlet too for Scarred. Like Ophelia, Claudius. Yep. Spoiler alert, you know, when Ophelia drowns in the end, all of that straight from Hamlet. So good. I I get it. Um, Do you have, do you have a favorite hero that you've written? I get asked this question literally all the time. And I just wanted to go on the record and say that this is an unfair question. It's like asking a parent to pick their favorite child publicly (laughs) on record. (laughs) <laughs> very unfair. <laughs> I will never publicly um, say that I have a, a favorite character I've written. I will say that uh, generally whoever I'm writing at the moment is my in the moment favorite just because I'm in their head. Favorite. I think that I think that's fair. I yeah. think it's very fair. Do you have someone that you absolutely cannot stand that you've written? Um, main character? No. Uh, but I will say like a lot of... I. A lot of my characters do things that I wouldn't personally do. And so a lot of their actions, I make me not stand them for a little bit, but like, <laughs> I'm sure my readers can all relate to that with my characters anyway. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, would you say that Shakespeare, um, we also, we talked about like your, you know, favorite heroes, you can't possibly pick one. Do you have like a favorite romance novel? Again, those are really hard for me to narrow down. I, you know, Pride and Prejudice is one of my all-time favorite stories. I just, everything about it. And I don't know if that feels like a cliche answer because so many, but if it is, it's for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just love it. We okay, fine the then. ultimate enemies yes. of lovers. So it's, yeah. Yes. yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so good. I know. So, okay, so along those lines, which adaptation is your favorite? Mm, I There's love a large fight. Is it a fight? Oh God, now fight. I don't want to answer. No, you oh, have no, to no, answer. You have to answer. No, no, um, no. We, we ask everyone and we've yeah. seen the broad spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love the Kira Knightley one. When that come out? 2005? Yes. Out? Yeah. I love that one. There's just something that hits about it for me. Like if I, uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, the hand flex gets me every time. Yes, ah, oh, thank you. Like, and then like the we Ray and I have talked about this like a billion times, but the scene where they're screaming at each other in the rain, 
my god, yeah. this like kiss. Oh my god, uh, so does good. It for me. So good. Yeah, they the do chemistry, both of them. The chemistry the, yeah. there, the acting, it's just mwah. the yes. for me is a lot of it is the sets too, like how mm-hmm. dirty everything is. And I'm like, that it legit would be that dirty. Like right. Her, yeah, like they're middle class. They're not like upper, upper class. So like there's, there's a pig running in the backyard. Yes. That would have happened. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me happy because I think they're obviously, I mean, Colin Firth and like, you have to love it. Right. But like, yeah, I just, man, if I have to pick one, it is going to be that 2005. Like if if I I had them all laid out in front of me and it's like, which one do you want? Right. Right now. Mm-hmm. It's always right. gonna be that one. Plus also, soundtrack. what is that? Plus soundtrack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which can make or break. Yep. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, if you have like, you know, an evening where you want to watch something that like is comforting to you, mm-hmm. that can be done in an evening. Whereas like you need a half of a day to do right. <laughs> the older one. Yeah. It's like six oh, hours. I mean, God. Jesus. Yeah. I know. It's just it's just too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. This is also a question we ask everyone. Desert, <laughs> desert Island picks. Now, listen, we have already factored in a potato because it will charge your Kindle. Okay. Don't at me. It'll work. I swear to God. <laughs> when she first said this, we were like, uh, no. And then literally next day it was like, I saw something where someone used a, ba- like oh a, my a potato as a battery. And I said, Oh my God! Vindication for Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually she was not heard wrong. that before. Thank you. Yeah. So aside from the potato is already factored in. So like okay. if you if you want to bring your Thank Kindle, God, obvious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also like Harry Styles can be there if you want. So like just depends on yeah. Do whatever you need. Um. What? Th- I know this is impossible. These questions are designed to be impossible. What are your desert island picks? If you had to pick like three things that you were going to take to a desert island and you were going to be alone for like a significant period of time, what would those things be? Okay, but I have a I have a clarifying question for this. Okay. Because you said Harry Styles can be there. So am I allowed to pick people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Okay, so then I pick my husband because okay, he is very, very handy. And literally, <laughs> if we're stuck on a desert island, I need him there to make sure I survive. You said he is an engineer. So yeah, yes. that's a good pick. Yes. Yeah, he's an engineer. And like, I'm telling you, something breaks in our house, anything breaks, he can fix it. He's an electrical engineer. He's any, but he's also just very handy. Like he can fix anything. So he's, he's building also, you a boat. To also, get yeah. I love him. If he listens to this, I love him dearly for his personality, not just what he can do. <laughs> <laughs> but so, we're very grateful for those things yeah. that he can do. But also, uh, the reason he's on the list for the desert islands is, you know, you yeah, because so as much as yeah, we love Harry Styles, I'm not imagining he's like, you know, building Andy. a boat for me. He's not. No. He's probably not building a boat. Right. Exactly. No. no. Right. Um. I okay. The potatoes there to charge the Kindle, but yep. but my thing is, is a Kindle has to. You only have the books on the Kindle. You don't have internet. True. You know what I mean. So like, what what good does that what good does that do? So I almost. take a laptop so I could write stories that I could then go back and like constantly find new worlds to go into since I wouldn't
wouldn't have the internet to to read them. But there the potato's go. there to charge it. Exactly. Yep. See, I'm yep. telling you, it is so versatile. Right, right. Uh, and then the third thing, this is difficult. This is hard. I've thought about this. I, I got to, the third thing I guess would be um, maybe something simple like, well, I don't know, because I'm trying to think. See, now I overthink these things. No, this it's going to be hard. a three-hour I mean, long podcast because I'm going to be sitting here <laughs> trying to decide the third item. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, maybe music, something that could play music for me. That the potato can also charge, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't subject my daughter <laughs> to being stranded on a desert island, so I'm not going to bring her along because... I get you know, it. She can, she could be raised by my, by her uncle or there something. You go. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I don't think any kid wants to be trapped on a desert island. No, Whereas like no. as a parent, I'm like, I could be trapped on a desert yeah. island. <laughs> I'm the introverted <laughs> me is like, it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no Sounds neighbors, pretty good, honestly. You know? Yeah. How do I get water? Otherwise yeah. I'm fine. You know, yeah, like right. really. But yeah. you're like you, your engineer husband is, is there. He's going to figure that out, right? Yeah, he's going to have a filtration right. system. That's why he's it's going to be great. Exactly. Right. He's going to like figure out how to desalinate water and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's <laughs> in a Swiss Family Robinson it all up. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have a sweet tree house. Oh, that tree yes. house is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I know. Incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <Yeah>. jealous. <laughs> Truly. Um, all right. So you, you finished Crossed. It's in its line edits now. Um, it'll be out in August. What are you working on? Uh, well, right now I am still kind of in cross because it's just the last, like last little stages. And I really force myself to not start anything else until I'm out of that character's head because it'll just get too muddled. So I generally take a couple weeks after, after copy edits are done and I'm like done, done with the characters. And maybe I write like a little, just like throwaway stuff, short novellas, something to just kind of cleanse the palate. I binge read and then I'll start working on book six in the Never After series. Oh, so I didn't know if there was going to be another one in this series yeah, or if yeah. it was it. It was signed for six. So, All right. so then I'll work on six. Do you know what, you don't have to tell us what, but do you know what that sixth book is going to be about? I do. Awesome. That's so exciting. It is. I don't, I truly don't. I'm just like in my mind, I'm thinking like, what could it be? I'm not asking you to tell me, I swear. That's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm excited for it. I'm ready. My characters start screaming at me when I'm like writing the climax of the other book and then they'll start. So I'm ready. I'm ready to start writing them. That's awesome. How long will it take you to like these days? How long are you spending on writing that first draft of the book? Uh, I I'm I write very quickly. So generally it takes me about a month. And if I really take my time, like I can do it in a month if I'm on a deadline and need it. Um, if I really take my time, which is what I'm attempting to do with this one, then I can do it. I'll probably take me two months to do the first draft. I'll take a couple of weeks off, go back in and read it and kind of tweak before I send it. But it doesn't take me too long. The first 20,000 words take the longest. I do the character profiles and then it takes me a while to really get in the zone and like feel out their voices. And after that, it's smooth sailing. Knock on wood. (laughs) 
Um, do you have that like at the very beginning? Um, what is that called? It's like the fear of the blank page or whatever. And then like once you get some words down, it starts flowing better. I don't even know that I would call it that. Uh, if anything, that happens kind of in the middle of the books for me because I don't pre-plot. So it's like, it's sometimes it depends on the book because some some stories scream at me so loud that that never happens. Like Crossed was screaming at me so incredibly loud that there was never a moment where I didn't know what was going to happen next while I was sitting down to write it. I just like, it was effortless almost. Um, and then there are other books where in the middle it is like I sit down and I'm like, okay, well, what's about to happen? I have no idea. So it's really hard to even get myself to write. But I I sprint write and I just force myself to write through it. I'll like write really sloppy five minutes on, five minutes off. And usually after I get like one to 2000 sloppy words down, I can go through and kind of chop and change and, and a chapter starts to form. Uh, but the beginning is just really, I'm just learning the characters and how they interact with each other and getting in both of their heads and finding their rhythm and finding how they talk to me. And so that's, that's why it takes longer, I think. Um, what's the the most difficult book that you've written? Um, it's probably Beneath the Hood. Yeah. Beneath the Hood was one that was difficult. Not And there are ones that are difficult for different reasons. Beneath the Hood was difficult uh, because of some of the subject matter, but just the blank page thing happened a lot in Beneath the Hood where it was like they weren't, because I think hooked was in my head so loudly for some of it, it, it kind of dimmed their voices. So I really had to like tap back into it every time I sat down. And it was my third book and I was really writing quickly to push out the books like we talked about. And mm -hmm. so it was like, I was still learning my process because I was still a brand new baby author. And I hadn't really tapped into my own process of like what works and what doesn't for my creativity per se. So, uh, yeah. Makes sense. I liked it. I thought it turned out well. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> but I understand. Once, I, once I get past the like, okay, what's this chapter going to be? Then I tap in and it's yeah. fine. So I'm glad it, it was okay. But yeah, that one caused me the most struggle, but it actually was good because it helped me learn, mm -hmm. you know, what my process needed to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Always a good learning experience, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, we're coming up to the end of our hour and I just wanted to thank you again so yes, much for joining absolutely. us today. Yeah. Um, it's been really great to get to know you a little bit more and learn a little bit more about your process. Yeah. And congratulations on Twisted. Yeah, thank yeah. you. We are looking forward to Crossed. Yes, yeah. and we're gonna like get off of this at some point, and we're gonna like just have like a string diagram of what Crossed is about. <laughs> there is an entire yes. thread in uh -huh. my Facebook group, the Mac and Colt on Facebook. There's crazy conspiracy theory threads going on with all the readers in there. <laughs> I cannot wait. We're all gonna right. be like that thing from It's Always Sunny with like yeah, the red Charlie. and yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with yeah. Uh, what was the name? <sighs> Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. And yeah, yeah taking so time much. out of your schedule for talking with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. And we're back. We're back, bitches. Mm -hmm. 
So now we do some ratings, mm-hmm. um, and we do some stunt casting. Mm-hmm. How do would you like to tell our audience how we do ratings on the show? I would be just about it. Now nice. um, we do not do the star system on this show or barf well, or bars. Um, what we do instead is um, eggplants and hearts. Eggplants mm-hmm. is how hot was this book? How sexy was it? Um, mm-hmm. Do you need one of your um, Adam and Eve personal friends in order to get through it? <laughs> um, and uh, some coat, some throat some, coat, uh-huh. <laughs> deep throat coat. Um, five, one is like you know maybe some kissing, and two, uh, five would be like full blown erotica. Uh, okay. And then hearts. How romantical was this book? Did it burn the cockles <laughs> of your heart? Did you have uh, heartburn all the way down to your vagina? Yep. <laughs> Anywho, that's our rating system. Ray, would you like to start yeah. us off? Sure. Um, we're starting with um, With hearts whatever you or... want. We own the show. <laughs> we do. I'll start with hearts. Okay. Um, I'm going to go two and a half. Okay. I also said like two and a half, three. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. explanation of any kind, or you just want to very say very late? Yeah, very yeah. late in the book. Yeah, um, but again, you know, love the bad boy who only falls for one lady. And yes, we get a GG, but not really. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's it's a, that one's a toss up of whether it's a true GG or not. Uh, I feel just like defending what's yours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it it would have. Well, not that. I wasn't actually thinking that. I was thinking, like, I don't want to say anything, but, like, while when things start to happen, he's not home. And where he is is kind of a gesture. Because he's trying to set things up so that he so that she knows that things have changed between them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and yeah, so I said like two and a half, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about eggplants? I am going to say three. Yeah. yeah, I said it. Mostly like a, for the dirty talk. Yeah. Oh, my God. The dirty talk was hot as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I said like a firm three. Yes. Yeah. It's hot, right. but it's also It's a hard not, three. It's a hard three. Um, there's there's actually only one, one. sex scene. Mm-hmm. But there are... There's one scene where he goes down on her, or maybe two. Uh, and there's one scene where she goes there's, down on him. Yeah, um, fingering, isn't it? Fingering, then, isn't it? Fingering, then, mouth, and another one, and then, yeah, she goes down on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's yeah. all hot. Yeah, oh, yeah, those those, those, those these scenes are hot, but then mm-hmm. we get the other, like, are you mine, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of hot. Anyway. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, uh, shall we discuss stunt casting, my darling? Yes. Did you just do two? I just did two. As did I. 
I have or, a lot of pictures for the people that I did choose. I am interested. I would love if we picked the same people. That would make my fucking millennium or my willennium. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know if any of you know how old we are, but we definitely just dated ourselves. <laughs> Miami. Anyhow. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I guess I'll start. We usually start with Please the girls. Do. Yes. So I was like, okay, I did look up like uh, Iranian actors. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actresses. And then as I was doing that, I was like, Oops, sorry. Why don't I just f- find, I don't know. I'm copying and pasting. Very excited. I'm very excited. <sighs> yeah. Why don't I just fucking find the one who fucking did it? And, like, I looked up the chick who played Jasmine in the fucking, like, uh, live action. Co- um, her name is um, Naomi Scott, and she is Persian. Uh, and she is uh, fucking gorgeous. And of course, the one the first one I sent you is where she is dressed as Jasmine. I saw that. Uh huh. The costume is. Um, beautiful. This last one is my favorite. Uh, she looks like a Marvel character. Um, mm. It's actually from Charlie's Angels, but she looks like she's. I don't know. It could be the light behind it. it looks like the. The. Uh, no, no, yeah. Gorgeous. Know, she, yeah, she, yeah, she's pretty. She's mm-hmm. a pretty lady. Mm-hmm. She is. That ten out of ten approve. Cool. Yeah, she's gorgeous. I did not choose that person. Okay, I'm wondering if we chose the same. The same hero. Yeah. Oh God. Anti-hero. Yeah. Anti-hero. Um. Okay, so I I chose this person. God, now I'm hoping that like this picture is actually her. Fuck. Um. Hang on. Maybe I won't show you that one. I'll show you this one though. Um, all right, here. Is the lady I chose. I also Googled, um, like Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. actresses. Uh, Oh, no, that is her. Okay. Um, and here is one, like, I specifically wanted one where, um, yeah, isn't she? I specifically wanted one where she wasn't like all dolled up because he talks oh, about yeah. her wearing like sweatpants and yeah like her hair up in a messy bun and shit um her name is shiva nigar nagar oh, i don't know n-e-g-a-r um yes hang on let me get i had her up <clears throat> i took a screenshot of it i'm sorry i'm like i can't figure out she hasn't been in like a ton of things um, but she was in. Is she Canadian? I mean, is she from Canada? Because CBC, I don't know what Canadian broadcast. She is a Canadian company. actress. Yes. Okay. Um, but clearly, hang on. Um, no, go. Away. Ethnically, she's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Racially, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, she was born in Iran, raised in Turkey mm-hmm. and Canada. Gotcha. Um, so she was in something called American Assassin, um, The Cleaning Lady, The Seal Team, Alt. I, I mean, I don't like. I've never seen any of these things. So she's been in like something. The the um, show that she might be most commonly known for is Heartland. 
Um, yeah, that's the CBC thing I see. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I've like, I seen anything that she's been in, but damn, is she pretty? She is. Yeah. He talks frequently about how gorgeous she is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's her. Very pretty. All right, let's move on to Julian. Okay. Let me go back to my mother puss pocket. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. There it is. <clears throat> Okay, so I picked a gentleman who, oh, he's in something we both fucking hate. Awesome. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, right? Um, But we can't deny that he's fucking gorgeous. So it's one of those, goddamn you for being so goddamn hot. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's one. I have like six pictures of him because he's so fucking hot. Um, Okay, we did not choose the same person. Okay. He is hot. All right. It's okay. Because um, I got to find out his name. Because I I don't think any of these pizzas have his fucking name on it. Um, God, his eyes are like electric blue. Yeah. Um, Jeez. I mean, okay. So. That's not his name either. Motherfucker. Give me one more second. I'm pulling up. I wanted one with glasses. Ooh, glasses I needed one yeah. with glasses. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he wears glasses at some point. Um, uh, I mean, this man, I just cannot. I cannot with him. He's so fucking hot. Uh, he's in a passion flick show called Gabriel's Inferno. Oh, that's why he looks familiar. Yeah. He's swinging that pipe, though. Interesting. Uh, he, he can swing some pipe close to me anytime he'd like. Um, uh, his name is people who watch that god awful show probably are screaming at me right now. Um, I'm sorry, guys. We don't like it just because we don't like the teacher student. Yeah, thing. I'm, I'm not creepy. a fan of the, the professor student thing. No, it's real. No, it's yeah, creepy. When you work at a school, it's gross. Um, Ju- Giulio Bar- Barucci. Giulio Berucci. Berutti. Berutti. B-E-R-R-U-T-I. But um, also four years younger than me. So, wow. Known for the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Isn't that one of those Ryan Reynolds movies? Oh. I mean, he plays a yacht guard. So, I mean, blink and you miss him. Yeah. In a lot of Italian movies. Shocker. Shocking. I'm looking to see anything else that's this gentleman. Again, besides my... Oh, he was in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, <laughs> Plead Italian guy number two. Um, I mean, besides starring in my fantasies, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and Gabriel's Gabriel's Inferno. And One, in two, three. In your dreams three. later tonight. Fuck yeah. Um, as I use whatever I got from Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in, as he's in Gabriel's Rapture, Gabriel's Rapture Part 2, Gabriel's Rapture Part 3. Fuck off! Um, uh, yeah, there you go. Hot. Oh, he's easy on the ojos. Yeah, yeah. And I like that he had, like, scruff, because she says it a couple times that he's got a lot, you know, he's got the shadow coming in, mm-hmm. feeling it. Yep. Hell to the yes. Um, the gentleman I chose also in something that uh, we're not huge fans of. Um, Twilight. 
No. <laughs> but uh, hot as hell. So, like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I, I think I'm going to send that one to you last because fuck. Um, here is the first one. I also specifically looked for one in glasses. Um, this is the last one is my favorite because you probably understand why. Um, is Justin Baldoni, who is getting a lot of attention right now because he was just cast as Ryle in this. Uh, in it ends with us. Oh, we've talked about him. Yeah, yes. he's hot as hell. Um, oh, he's super hot. He's about he's to American, play someone right? who beats the shit out of someone in a movie. Yeah, um, great. And you know, beats the shit out of like his lady. I don't know that. They're actually know. married. Um, you could take those books too, and yep, yep. Um, hang on one second. Let me get. Oh my god! I'm looking at all the pictures underneath of him. Jesus yeah. Christ! On a cracker. Yep. <clears throat> um, I almost because I I almost went with someone who was not Italian at first. I almost went with Raul Cooley. Okay. Um, and then I was like, no, no, no. We just got to hold him for. Uh, we'll we'll hold on to him. Yeah, he, for he one more day. Stable. Um, <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> yes, he is uh, Italian. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was like probably. I don't. He has like he's of Italian descent. I will say I don't know, like was where he, he was in born. Sing too? Oh my god! Oh my! Oh my god! Um, he was apparently in Jane the Virgin, which I think is like where he kind oh, of yeah, got yeah, popular. Yeah. But I never watched yeah. that show. Um, I didn't. I just know. I. I. I know. I think that's where I know him from. Yeah. Holy cats! This one picture of him. Holy fucking! What is happening? Oh. Oh my god, he's super cute. Um, he apparently made his directorial debut with Five Feet Apart. Oh um, god! Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, anywho, I I really don't know like much about him, but uh, he is hot and he is of Italian he descent. Is. He's uh, pretty dreamy. Oh He's my god, he was on Bold teeth. and the Beautiful. Of course, of course. He's got perfect teeth. He probably has a few perfect things. Yeah, he does. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Those um, full lips being at least one of them. Mm-hmm. How about the one with the... Did you see the one with him? Oh, jeez, it's a gif. It's a gif of him uh, removing his shirt. Well done. Yes, Let me send it over to you. Please do. Enjoy that. I enjoy him with some scruff. Oh, hello. Holy... Oof. Cats and kittens. Uh, there's a number of uh, uh, of gifs of him taking his shirt off. Are you sad about that? I'm not. No, no, I am not. You know, it reminds me a little bit, and I know he's not Italian, but they, he reminds me a little bit of Tom Ellis, a little bit. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another one for you. Jesus, fuck. Um. Anywho. Hoy. Coolio. Whew. Um, All right, like those arms. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Okie dokie. Now we get to move on to things that we have been listening, who've been in our ears and eye holes. <laughs> Earballs and eye holes. 
Oh, God. Uh, um, <clears throat> shit, what I have been... Well, I mean, I honestly haven't been reading, like, that much other than getting ready oh, for talking to Emily. So, um, I've been reading Hooked and Scarred, basically, is, is what I've been going through. I have not gotten to Wretched yet, um, but... Yeah, I'll say this week I'll say scarred because last time I said hooked. That's that's pretty much it. I have not had lay time to read anything else. Um, I okay. Uh, I have one that I'm reading for an arc right now. Um, it is an anthology. It's got a Tracy Sumner in it. So love it. I love the Tracy Sumner in it. Um. It's called From a Scoundrel with Love. So it's supposed to be like their Valentine's Day picks. But mm. a lot of them are at Christmas time. So okay. it's fine. Like Tracy yeah. Sumner's was at Christmas. Which I'm... Again, it's Tracy fucking Sumner. Which right. I did read a Tracy Sumner that I had an arc for that... I gave it five stars. And I will say... in And if you read the uh, review... Because I didn't post it on the website. Um, but it's on our uh, Goodreads that... It was a It's Not You, It's Me book uh, because it was very much not, it was angst to like, it was car crash angst almost, but, oh, wow. um, and it was employee employer sort of thing. Uh, and it really wasn't, but it was like, it was I, a lot of it was, you, they spent a lot of time saying how they could never be together. And I'm like, yeah, you're not winning me on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but of course it's Tracy Sumner and she writes beautifully mm-hmm. and she's in the, in the chemistry was like fucking off the hook. So if you like that, totes read it. It's, uh, one Earl, uh, one wedding and an Earl. Um, but the other one of Tracy's I'm reading right now, uh, is the scandalous fixin and it is a second chance, um, enemies to lovers, uh, yeah, uh, marriage of convenience, or at least fake engagement. So, all right. Yeah, guys, if you not had if you not had jumped on the Tracy Sumner train, do it. She's fantastic. Yeah, I know Cherry Pop has read at least one thing of hers. Nice. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on here. Love that. Yep. Um. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so, subscribe. what are you listening to? Uh, okay, so I have a friend, actually, Sunny sent this to me, um, but I have not actually listened to it yet. Mm-hmm. Today she sent me um, something from The Daily called The Sunday mm-hmm. Read. Women have been misled about menopause. Um, oh. Can't wait. Um, it talks about, so this is the, the episode description. Menopausal hormone, ther- hormone therapy was once the most commonly prescribed treatment in the United States. In the late 1990s, some 15 million women were receiving a prescription for it. But in 2002, a single study, its design imperfect, found links between hormone therapy and elevated health risks for women of all ages. Panic set in. In one year, the number of prescriptions plummeted. Hormone therapy carries risks, to be sure, as do many medications that people take to relieve serious discomfort. But dozens of studies since 2002 have provided reassurance that healthy women under 60 whose hot flashes are troubling them, the benefits of taking hormones outweigh the risks. Uh, The treatment's reputation, however, has never fully recovered and the consequences have been wide-reaching. About 85% of women experience menopausal symptoms, blah, blah, blah. Um, So, anywho, um, uh, Rebecca Thurston who is a professor of psychiatry at University of Pittsburgh, 
Um, she studies menopause. Um, she says that's an oversight she considers to be one of the great blind spots of medicine. Um, Thurston says it suggests that we have a high cultural tolerance for women's suffering. It's regarded as not important. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I think we 100%. can pretty much say is accurate. Um, 100%. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to... Um, Why your endometriosis laparoscopies are not 100% paid for... Actually, there's there's been a story, um, it kind of ended up going viral, but there was this woman on TikTok who was talking about um, this experience that she had where um, she was having like abdominal pain on her right side and she, ta- she called her doctor and her doctor said, um, it sounds like you have appendicitis, go to the emergency room and see mm-hmm. like, you know. So she goes to the emergency room and every single doctor said to her... Um, you have a cyst on your ovaries. And she said, um, I don't, I don't have any ovaries. They, they took the uterus though. They, she had a hysterectomy, a full hysterectomy. She doesn't have a uterus. She does not have ovaries, but they continued to tell her that she was wrong and that she has ovaries and that she had, Oh my God, a cyst on her ovaries. And she was like, no, but I'm telling you though, just I don't have ovaries. Take a gander ovaries. up there. You can literally just take a flashlight and look up. There's nothing there. <laughs> take a flashlight. No um, room at the inn because there's no fucking inn. So she, they set her home. And, uh, okay, great. Like a day or two later, still like pain getting worse. She goes back her, to... Her, her appendix bro- burst. Uh, it did not end up... Like she eventually somehow managed to convince them or like maybe someone called her doctor and like somehow they managed to figure this out maybe her ob stepped in and they ended up doing surgery because like she had she did have like a tumor but it wasn't on her ovary it was just like in there free floating yeah Yeah, and she um but while they were in there they were like oh yeah you do have appendicitis Probably exacerbated by the tumor because probably what was happening was this pressure, the pressure on the may have put pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, she said this like follow up to it. She was like the uh, worst part, truly the worst part. She went to her OB like afterward and or her doctor, whoever this person was. And uh, they were like, yeah, um, because they of course they had like done the scans, you know, like and they were all just like, oh, yeah, you have you have a tumor on your ovaries. You're, yeah. Are you looking at the same ones? Do you not see? Or is there something missing? Are you playing she, Where's Waldo down there? Because there ain't no Waldo. Actually, so uh, her doctor goes, the thing is, like, where your tumor was, that's not where ovaries are in a woman's body. So anyway, um, something Did that I think... Did they get their fucking medical licenses from Sears? Something that I think is really important for women in particular to keep in mind, and also literally anyone going in, oops, going into med school, um, it's important to keep in mind that the vast majority of um, of studies that medicine is based off of were done on men, and um, or done like against Black people's will. So right. um, we actually talk about that in this past episode. Yeah. Of uh, B three. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, just something to keep in mind that uh, that the state of our medical care may be um, 
just, you know, advocate for yourself is all I'm saying. Um, especially if you are a woman. Yep. Anywho, what are you listening to? (laughs) (coughs) Well, so the nice couple that we met, um, uh, John, I believe his name is John Drake. He has two podcasts and I listened to the one. Um, the other one, I don't, um, so the one is talking into infinity and ween was very excited i think it's is this dream theater is that van halen i think Uh, it has to do with dream i guys i don't know anything about van halen i was that was not what i grew up on um dream talking into infinity is a live video podcast focusing all the things dream theater album theater i think it is is a band though oh okay what is this guy's name? Um, I believe it's John uh, uh, John Drake. I think it's his. Okay. Um, um, but he has. So they've got the Talking Into Infinity, which is a dream theater podcast. Ween was very excited. I don't. And having listened to his other podcast, which I listened to and I thought was fantastic, which was the Nerf Herder Council, <laughs> which is a fucking Star Wars and like not just Star Wars, like pop culture. Because like one of the last episodes was um, that's listed on their website um, was they reviewed A Christmas Story and A Christmas Story Christmas. Um, and so I was very, I listened to it and I was very jealous because they already have, well, not they already, he's been doing this for like 10 years or something. Like, in fact, somebody came up to him and like knew him, like came up and was like, Hey, like recognized him as a, like a podcaster. So yeah. Um, uh, so I would say I, I've been listening to the Nerf Herder, uh, council. I would totally recommend, um, I would recommend both, um, but the, the obviously the one was closer to what I'm into and my jam. Um, we might be able to speak more about the other one. All right. All but right. I recommend there, you know, he's very knowledgeable about podcasting in general. Um, the format of uh, Nerf Herder Council is pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All righty. Um, well, darling, where can people yes. find us? Should should we talk about what's coming up next or no? Um, yeah, we should talk about what's coming up next. However, you and I should probably decide what's coming next then. Oh, that's probably true. Yep, we should probably do that. So, um put a pin in that. Uh we'll co- we'll come back to that at later date. Um okay. <laughs> so, people can find us. We have a website. It's uh, chickletbookclubpodcast.com. Uh, our merch site is uh, chickletbookclubpodcast.threadless.com. Our Twitter is at chickletpodcast. Our Insta is chickletbookclubpodcast. Our TikTok is chickletbookclub. Our Pinterest is chickletbookclubpodcast. Our email, do you see the fucking, what, what's happening here? The, <laughs> do you uh, the see theme? the theme? Yeah. Chickletbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Our YouTube is at chickletbookclub. Okay. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> at some point you can watch us do this fucking thing yeah if you subscribe to um <clears throat> specific levels you can watch us literally show sex toys to and play to with them Veronica yeah the and play with them on air i mean not like use them but that poor definitely get one's finger stuck in one <laughs> like a finger trap yep also you shouldn't eat glycerin 
just to let you guys know. Did you Google it? Okay. Unless it's vegetable-based, you shouldn't. Um, and this does not tell me that it is vegetable-based. Mm. Do you want to try some? Bucky, oh, God. Bucky don't. Okay. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that to him. Could you imagine the poop would shoot right out? <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll have what we're going to do next at some point. I mean, obviously, um, but we'll we'll post it on our all the social meds mm-hmm. when yeah. we decide. We're recording earlier than we usually do, so uh, yeah. we are not prepared. Shocking. We're going to read the novelization of Leprechaun uh, in space. Oh, are we? So, okay, we are. We are fascinating. Yep, it's March, so it's going to be. Are we? No, wait. We're still finishing out February. Never mind. Well, right now, yeah. Um, but our next episode's like so. This one will air on February twenty first. The next episode will be March seventh. So yeah, um, so it, it'll be Leprechaun in Space, the novelization, weirdo. and then also, <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. So yep. check it before you wreck it. Anyhow, <laughs> wreck it. Um, my dear, how do we end this thing? Oh God, in the most obnoxious way possible. Yeah, if you aren't really fucking annoyed with us as it is. Mm-hmm. As it is. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just poked my finger at the dog. He did not enjoy. I would imagine not. Yeah.